Welcome back, everyone, to Articast number 134. I think you're in for quite a treat. This is going to be quite good fun, this episode. Uh, the last episode we filmed was with Isla Suter. Isla is a close family friend of my own <coughs> with um, some of her family farming on Aran. Uh, and she, as a 22-year-old, has just graduated Harper Adams and is currently up for and will be in the next two weeks, I believe, at time of release. Uh, be going alongside two others as National Agriculture Student of the Year. Uh, she's worked for McDonald's, not in the way you're thinking, in a graduate scheme. Uh, she's done Australia and New Zealand. <clears throat> she shows a lot, and now she's just started a new job with ABP. So quite a cool topic there. The next episode we have is with who I believe to be the biggest farming Facebook account on the planet in Dalscon Farm. Um, which is kind of weird, uh, and I don't mean from a like perspective, I mean from a viewership perspective, they go live every day, um, and they talk about <coughs> the stock on the farm. Now, it's not a conventional farm, it is a, um, a, like a, a tourist place type thing, and it is situated about maybe half a mile from where I am at the minute, uh, so that's quite cool. Kind of weird, it's taken us 135 episodes for Ben and I to actually do something, so that'll be good. Today's slightly different, um, still very much an episode of the Articast Food and Farming because it has food and farming at heart. Uh, but the people that we have today uh, are four people that I've known for some time, but really got to know each other for two weeks uh, over the last month. And the reason for that is, is we travelled <coughs> together to Tanzania and Rwanda um, and what an experience it was. And I know a lot of people have been interested to hear about it. Um, and uh, I think what better way to do it than to sit down, have a chat for an hour, reminiscing about it uh, and explain to you what we did. Um, probably quite important, <coughs> quite important to mention um, the International Trust who helped and funded this trip, which was in aid of going to the 4-H conference, um, 4-H being the biggest, uh, well, certainly one of the biggest youth groups on the planet, not a thing we have in Scotland because SEYFC sort of, in its place, if you will, but we are sort of involved with 4-H in a sort of unofficial manner um, where we go along um, and try and share best practice, learn from them, they can learn from us, and it's, it's a really sort of positive thing. And the, the Global Summit for 4-H was supposed to be in, uh, in Arusha in Tanzania, just at the foothills of uh, Mount Kilimanjaro and Mount Meru. Um, but COVID said no to that, so 2023 was where it was, and we were lucky enough to be involved in that, which we'll get into and what an experience it was, let me tell you. Uh, it was good fun, and I'm sure <clears throat> you'll you'll enjoy our stories from there. And probably not exactly what you're expecting from a global uh, youth food summit. Um, we then progressed on to, uh, that, was, that was four of us, we then progressed on to Rwanda, where we met with the Rwandan Youth Agribusiness Forum, which is essentially their answer to young farmers, but young farmers in Scotland, in some ways was conceptualized 100 years ago this year and some clubs that are still still going um, are, are sitting at 90 and higher. <clears throat> um, RYAF is eight and it is insane to see what they've done. They've sort of went down a different route, very much more employees than we have in SAYFC, very much more business focused. You have to be involved um, and I agree business to be involved, which is actually probably the one thing I would say that they would benefit from changing slightly, but we'll get into that more. And the reason we were there <clears throat> was we were signing an RYAF SAYFC partnership for the next few years, which should see us out there as we were. And then them over here again on a sort of sharing practice um, hunt, if you will. So, uh, yeah, the people in the call today are our 
national chair of SAYC, Jane Strawhorn, who I believe now will be the person that has been on the most episodes of the r cast, apart from myself, obviously, and my co-host. Um, on top of that, we have uh, one of the staff members at SAYC, our communications officer, Paul Carruth. Um, we have ex-national chair, Katie Burns, and we have uh, our current, and I always say this wrong, International National Committee Chair and Lindsay Campbell, <clears throat> um, who will all be on to tell their story because we were all together and we had a great time. So the best way to do this is probably just go round to I see on my screen just to give you a bit of an intro. And then I think it's going to be a wee bit more off the cuff than most of the R2 casts after that. We'll just have a bit of a laugh, reminisce on what we've done. There was some harrowing moments <clears throat> um, in particular <laughs> in, uh, in Rwanda. Uh, there was some <clears throat> amazingly fun moments. There was some sad moments, some important moments, some really interesting moments. We really, our emotions were tested in so many different ways, and it was such a fantastic experience. But first on my screen is Mr. Paul Carruth. Paul, could you give us a wee bit of uh, give the listeners a wee bit about yourself? Just before we get started with another episode of the R2 Cast, I would like to thank our primary sponsors, A Plan Rural. A-Plan Rural are heavily involved on the social media scene in the ag space with 120,000 followers on Instagram. They use this following to host social media takeovers with farmers throughout the country to showcase their stories. They also post to their rural community blog with further stories about these people in the industry. On top of this, they like to support initiatives that are championing the British agricultural industry, such as myself. So thank you to A-Plan Rural for that. Um... Yeah, uh, as you said, my name's Paul Carruth. I am, uh, I was the only staff member that went on the trip. I'm SAYC's current communications officer. So I run all their social media, I do all their kind of press related stuff. Uh, I run the comms committee, which uh, Wallace is heavily involved in as the vice communications chair. And uh, I also uh, uh, am the staff member in charge of international travel. So I also help out with the international travel committee, which Lindsay's chair of so that's my kind of main involvement and why I'm I was involved in the group and why I'm here tonight which made you obviously de facto leader which made you in charge of everything uh, yeah which you did. <laughs> <laughs> Not I guess I'm trying to push that responsibility onto Jane but she wasn't for it I don't know <laughs> <laughs> it did not work at all <clears throat> uh, purely because you mentioned Jane Jane uh, if, if you want to hear Jane's story, let me do that. So, God, I should have checked. I think R2Cast 63 and 113 is what Jane is on before. Uh, so go check them out if you want to hear her story. But Jane, tell us a little bit <coughs> about yourself. Yep. So my name is Jane Strawhorn. I am current national chair for SAYFC. And that's kind of the main reason I was selected to go on this um, trip. Um, normally, this time of year the national chair would be going to the European rally but I was given the opportunity to go to Tanzania and Rwanda and therefore I kind of thought I would do that instead and what a trip I had when I've changed it for the world so <laughs> what a time what a time yeah no good uh Lindsay <clears throat> hello hello <laughs> hi <laughs> Um, yes, I, my name is Lindsay Campbell and I am the International Travel Committee Chair, um, as Wallace mentioned earlier on. Um, so that's effectively why I was allowed to 
are given the opportunity to go on the trip as well. Um, and like Jane said, what time it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was a take, time. Take, take that how you may. <laughs> Everyone's about to find out. Everyone's about to find out. Um, <laughs> last, but by no means least, Katie. <clears throat> uh, yep, uh, I am Katie Burns. I am a past national chairman. Um, I was actually probably quite late invited to this thing. <laughs> um, but I have been privileged to be, be able to go over to Rwanda the first time we headed over five years ago as part of the group that signed the initial agreement. Um, so they wanted someone who had been before to go again. So I was delighted to get the phone call. Um, after, the year after we went over, we also hosted four Rwandans over here. So it was great to be a part of that and to be able to go back to Rwanda again. So delighted to have been part of it with the team that went. <laughs> some <And> team. It <laughs> was some team and it ended up that um, we had this team that you'll be listening to today <clears throat> and also quite a few others that, that were very important in both the Tanzanian and the Rwandan parts of the trip. Um, and one that I must mention is Mr. <laughs> Regis Umajuraneza, who was in charge of us in Rwanda. And if you do want to hear Regis's story, which is an inspiring one, um, we probably saw the, uh, the wilder side of Regis, but he does have an extremely inspiring story behind him. Uh, R2 cast number 71, which we filmed last November, uh, which was very much one of those episodes, as I said to Regis when I gave him a hug at the airport, was um, after I record with a lot of people, I'm like, oh, we'll have to keep in touch and we'll meet up at some point. He was the last on the list that I thought that was a true statement to. And he's maybe one of about 10 people I've actually met up with after that I hadn't met before. Um, so it was a pleasure. So go listen to that if you want. Uh, I don't really know how we're going to do this. I think we just jump in when we want. Um, I'll make a start of it. People take over here and there, have a bit of a, a chat about it instead of Paul, you say this, and Jane, you say this. We'll just go for it. Uh, so I'll start. <clears throat> we um, This was arranged, as I said, uh, by the International Trust for the reasons I mentioned before. Um, Tanzania was 4-H Food Summit. Rwanda was meeting with um, essentially their young farmers. And we our first journey uh, was flying Scotland to Dubai, um, which was, yeah, a pretty simple flight everything was fine Jane was pretty <laughs> sick of me would that be fair to say Jane uh, there was there was one I don't even I don't even think we'd left Glasgow okay. <laughs> to put context to that Wallace hasn't travelled a great deal which is fine he has to start somewhere but starting on the flight from Glasgow to Dubai which is no like silly European jaunt every two minutes Tap, tap, tap. I'm like, I don't need you. I want to watch John Wick, okay? That's all I want. <laughs> and you wouldn't stop talking to me. <laughs> because your earphones wouldn't work. What's so fair? Your ear, but you also wouldn't let me get the. What they call? What do you call them? Airway. Oh yeah, well that's what you call them. Well, I, I, well, it was actually in this case it was a sky waitress, not a sky, sky waitress. <laughs> get, let me get you a new pair of earphones. So okay, fair enough. But you're literally sitting there playing Angry Birds, annoying the life out of me, and it's the first flight. <laughs> and so not just sharing earbuds with them. No, because no, it's it's it was it was like headphones things. Yeah, it was like over the oh. head. Uh, yeah, and. Pretty, pro probably because we'll forget this as we go. Uh, the second, I mean, I literally, 
we were not moving. The plane had not moved on the <laughs> runway on Dubai to Dar es Salaam. So the second flight, we'd had a nine-hour stopover in Dubai. <laughs> I forgot about that. I, I tapped Jane on the shoulder and she just went, took her headphones off, looked like her life was over and just went, and so it begins. And so it did begin. <laughs> it kept going. Um, Slept on the floor of Dubai Airport. Okay, I was in no mood to be chatting. And you wouldn't yourself. It was harrowing. At this point, I was kicked from my own podcast and the other four were left in charge. Enjoy. Jane, are you okay? I feel like you've got PTSD from talking about this. No, Lindsay, I'm not. This is, this is I thought it was the flights. And I'm like, <laughs> they weren't all bad. No, they weren't all bad because we did fly business. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we did. We did. And what a great time we had. Couple hours that was. Shortest flight in a day, but business class. Literally the shortest flight that we did. And they're like, do you want a drink? Do you want food? And we're like, and I was like, I've pretty much leathered an entire pizza myself in the lounge. Why did no one. In the business class lounge. Why is Wallace just left and it's now just come up your nose? Uh, I, I think he froze. <laughs> we, we were actually just having our own conversation. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just start again, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Has that ever happened to you before? It has, but I don't know what happened. I just got kicked out. No, we don't worry. We take over hosting duties for you. Yeah. That's absolutely fine. Just continue from where you were. I'll edit this little bit out. <clears throat> No, we were just talking about we we're rating the flights, what ones were good, what ones were bad. How did you rate? We were actually them? just talk. We were actually just talking about you, Wallace. So that seems fair. That seems fair. So I'm good. I'll take it. The fact that he's got business class for the shortest flight. Yeah, but that flight was lush, though. It was. It was amazing. It was, it was lush. Nothing like you guys sipping champagne while watching Kilimanjaro disappear in the distance. <laughs> I, I mean, mean what more can you ask for it would be rude to say no it was going to be rude to say no that man opened an entire bottle of champagne just for Lindsay it was not it's hilarious she's like do you want some I'm like no no I'm fine it's all for her it's all for her well when you're do you know what take, I, make the most of the experience have, yeah I have no regrets I have no regrets I would have done the exact same thing Lindsay yeah, I knew you'd be proud of McKay. <laughs> so one thing I think we should talk about is <laughs> rating flights is very important. But Dar es Salaam. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. What a start. <laughs> Wallace, what part of Dar es Salaam would you like to delve into? Well, Lindsay, go the, for the it. Part... I mean, you do your best. We'll try and add in where you miss parts, because I'm sure you will, because there's a lot. Well, Lindsay is had it, to go in through security for all of us at one point. God bless her. Is it the part where you asked me what your suitcase like looked like and you're like, I don't know, blue. <laughs> so I picked up the wrong suitcase. If <laughs> you stole someone's suitcase and then you stole someone's suitcase again. But, <laughs> but in fairness, that was, I mean... In, <laughs> twice <laughs> we, again, actually. Twice this, again. 
this is before this is we've we've kind of missed the part that yeah. I got the wrong visa. Yeah, I was going to say stealing someone's oh, suitcase is nothing on stealing someone's identity. Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Ashkabat, <laughs> you are not Mr. Ashkabat. I don't think that's I'm on the wrong podcast. Absolutely forgot about that. You just didn't realise how serious that kind of thing was, though. And I was stood there trying to explain to you why that is a crime, and we were in a different country, and it was just like la 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 la. la. I'm on holidays, like not a care in the world. But in fairness, uh, it wasn't an issue because, like, we just picked up the wrong thing. Yeah, we walked back and we were sorted. Um, <clears throat> but I understand that Mr. Ashkabat was maybe wondering, I'm not Mr. Curry, this is a problem. Uh, <laughs> and then this is where Jane and I's love flourished. So what happened at this point was, um, I, then had to, <laughs> I was standing in the visa line to get it sorted. And uh, this, New Ze- I think it was New Zealand we decided on, Jane, I can't remember. This oh couple God. anyway, skipped the queue because... Uh, he was with his wife, and we were like, well, <laughs> let's work this out. Skipping queues, partly if you're married. And we got the visa thing sorted, that was cool, and then it just got worse and worse and worse. I think, how many times did we put our bags through, like, the checker thing? Five? <laughs> I don't know. How many times did we take our shoes off? Shoes, <laughs> shoes off and on, the laces, all of it. It was a lot. <laughs> and Dixon. I don't Dixon. Dixon saved us. What a hero. He deserves a mention. A hundred percent, a hundred percent deserves a mention. And we—I don't know who's been to Dar es Salaam Airport, but there's like two parts to it—not two parts to it, but you know, essentially two buildings to it—and you have to walk outside to go to the next bit. And we maybe did that route four times, maybe like four hundred or something. But I will never, ever forget Jane's reaction when she walked out for the first time. We walked into this of like 34 degrees that was hitting tarmac and it was painful and she's like i'm gonna be on the ground <laughs> just instantly <laughs> was in trouble I was, I was told it was going to be mild i was in <laughs> okay black leggings but also it was the fact we were trying to run to the next terminal and then we got there went through security took her all her shoes off put her bags through and got went to check on the flight and then realised that we had to go back and do it another like three times. Lindsay, you kept dropping your hoodie. Or was it Paul? One of you kept dropping. Yeah. Oh, no. I like, kept on dropping my Wallace. Oh Wallace. <laughs> the only <laughs> the only bag that Wallace had, he left. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this video, basically. Lindsay had to get taken away <clears throat> to tr- the only trusted Lindsay. <laughs> Uh, take it away to pick up the right bags and it does sound a bit terrible in fairness and uh, we were sort of like standing <laughs> waiting it was maybe like a minute two minutes came back with the four bags and I was like that's not my bag right <laughs> to what Jane said and I'll remove the profanity from her statement I don't have time for this and I'm like <laughs> Jane I promise like I'm not being the normal annoying Wallace that is not my bag I genuinely thought you were trying to be really funny and I was so stressed about this whole bag thing I was like I don't have time for your stupidity right now and then (laughs) it was the wrong bag so so we explained this to the person which was fine well not fine he was like right we'll go back in 
um, and there was this like sea of bags sitting there and <laughs> it was the exact same bag that was sat in this thing. So I said to the lady, I was like, oh, no stress, that's my bag. And um, she's like, no, it's not. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, it genuinely is. If you go, I'll show you. It says my name, Colin Curry Grand, whatever sorted. And uh, we went over and that is not the name it said. It was the exact same <laughs> bag though. So I could take them into a little office. So Dixon's like protecting me. He's like my little bodyguard. He's like five foot six and he was looking after me. Um, and we went into this office and this lady's like, you're trying to steal a bag. And I promise you, I'm not. Like, please let me go look again. I'm sure it's just been a misunderstanding. And then we managed to get out of that and it was fine. And sorted out, got the bag, came back out. We had the right bags at this point. And as Lindsay said, you might have seen this if you're friends with any of us in Snapchat. Or in, I think that's where the video went. Um, we got the bags, ran outside, and I completely forgot about my, not handbag, that's not the word. Um, what's the word? Like on... Yeah, yeah, I had luggage, sorry. Uh, but that was us sorted. Then I don't think there was no issues after that, was there? Were we good? No, no there was until yeah, we got to. off we got off the flight and then you lifted you lifted the wrong bag off of the, the luggage <laughs> carousel. <laughs> and the woman was like, That's my bag. You're like, Oh yes, of course it is. I was just getting it for you. <laughs> I forgot he was not just getting it for her. He was. He had full <laughs> intentions of taking that bag. Definitely a theme here. On, no, <laughs> yeah. on every single flight, like so, the first flight in particular, I thought Wallace just had a really small bladder because he was getting up every <laughs> two minutes to go. And, <laughs> I thought he was going to the toilet. Because <laughs> I would made a comment. I was like, oh, "I've not had pee." And he's like, oh, "I've not peed either." And I was like, "Where have you been going?" <laughs> He's just standing, looking out the window of the airplane, like a weirdo. <laughs> He's staring. But in fairness, you oh, could see some God. cities in the dark, which actually, we should probably, I'm conscious we were speaking about 15 minutes and we're still not in Tanzania. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, um, the, the announcement, I've never seen someone even more so than when Jane realised I was going to tap her shoulder again on the second flight, seeing someone lose just their aura of happiness, just everything disappear so quickly. It's when they said as we landed in Dubai at one o'clock in the morning, black dark, we were to expect a, a temperature of 38 oh. degrees. And that <laughs> cooked us, man. It was ludicrous. It was absolutely ludicrous. We weren't even in Dubai. We were just in the airport and we felt the heat for about half a second. Um, but yeah, that was that. We was melted. Good. We did melt. We melted entirely. Um, but after, as Lindsay said, there was a bag issue at Kilimanjaro where I stole a woman's bag, um, and obviously gave her it straight away. Um, that was us. We got on a minibus, and these minibuses were quite something. So just your conventional minibus that you can think of: two seats next to each other on the right side, one on the left, and then this little doofer popped out that added another reseat in the middle on each row, um, and they were not made for someone of my size, the <laughs> lovely Finnish man that we spent some time with over the next week made sure to point out two seconds into meeting him. He said, oh, that's not made for someone of your size. Um, <laughs> I was wondering how quickly someone would do an Oscar impression. The second we met him, Paul, is when I brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> So who, wants, who wants to talk about that birth journey? That was fun in itself. Right, pitch black. And also the fact that it took us what felt like 7,000 years to get there. But when we went back at the end of the weekend, <laughs> it took us 20, 20 minutes. minutes. 
think there's something not like it, it did not it, honestly that from Kilimanjaro Airport to where we were staying honestly would have been an hour. I would something, say maybe yeah. a bit more. Like it took time. Maybe even more yeah. than that. It's black. Okay, fair enough. But when we went back at the end of the week, that was a quick, like that was mm. not even half an hour. So. Yeah, why? No, very good point. Yeah. So we did all our socialising. So the bus we were sharing was with some people from 4H in this, like in America. So they've got lots of different ones depending on what state you're in. Um, who else was there? A Finnish. Finnish at 4-H was there. There's a couple others. I think that was it. I think was that was it. it in fairness. Yeah, two, two yeah, sets. Was, the, bus was, the bus was pretty full. It was quite a big bus. So it was good. We got a lot of socialising done because, you know, we were absolutely exhausted. Perfect time to socialise. Perfect time. Socialising here and then we'll go get a nice meal at the hotel, get a shower. <laughs> <laughs> you know, normal, normal things. Normal things to expect. When we arrive at the place, now don't get me wrong, it is lovely. The setting is lovely. The monkeys screaming at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so not, not lovely. Not so lovely. Not so lovely. Anyway, so obviously when we arrived, they were like just normal like introductions, things like that. And they were like getting us to sign up for what breakout rooms we were supposed to do the next day. We did them like three days later. Doesn't matter. So they wanted to have a quick a quick chat with us in the big conference hall, which is fine. Then we get put into groups and made to do an icebreaker for 30 minutes. Now, bearing in mind, we were all absolutely exhausted. Had we had our first meal at this and point in Tanzania? No, Jane, Jane no. we were stinking. We actually were. <laughs> I slept in an airport. We- curled into we were We were smelly Scottish people. Uh-huh. Really bad. At least like the Americans, they'd already <laughs> been in Africa for like three weeks at that point. They'd been so they yeah. weren't they didn't smell. We could smell ourselves. It was not good. It was a Scot it was a Scottish stench coming yeah. off of us. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, you managed to get a shower in our room, but it wasn't warm. And I think the boys was that the last shower you got in the week, huh? and last (laughs) the boys hot water in their room so I went and had a shower in your room because you had hot water and I thought this is great this is amazing luxury well this is fantastic the the pool was a red flag I would have said but (laughs) that was that was after the icebreakers though you're missing out the, the the ice, the ice breakers where you had to run around the assembly hall with someone on your back five I times. Hugged, I had to hug 20 people <laughs> in that. But, but I, I feel like we haven't said a really important part of these icebreakers in that you said an icebreaker, Jane. It was literally 35. <laughs> 35. Which, as, as a lecturer, as a teacher, was great fun. I stole some of them, but we were on about 40 <laughs> hours without a snooze. Yep. Uh, and it was... <laughs> starting to add up um and i had been pretty excited for those that follow me you probably have seen this uh pretty excited about this pool um for some time i like a wee (laughs) swim like we dip and it it was like uh it was like uh, clubs in a game of cards it was like that sort of tri-circled pool really pretty um nice and uh surrounded by the hotel with a lovely view 
up into the the sort of fauna behind but there was one thing missing and that was water um <laughs> which which and, I took and full tiles and full tiles definitely we did make sure to replace some of them um, mm-hmm. but we then realised the next morning much to Lindsay I think it was Lindsay and I that found it Lindsay and I's happiness mm. there was a little garden hose in the pool <laughs> dropping about a litre an hour uh, yes but the happiness <laughs> soon went Wallace when I realised that the hose was using the water that was supplying Jane and I's shower sink toilet our toilet then didn't flush we had like two flushes in the next 72 hours so we had to time it really well (laughs) (laughs) it was it it became Um, a reason for conversation if there was a flush like i mean it was big news Uh, well there was a couple of things the rooms obviously locked (laughs) But we quickly realised that above the door, where there should have been like glass or something, was just, you could go straight through it. So the locking thing was kind of redundant, but it became quite a fun game for Lindsay to play where I would, <laughs> I would use the key and she would like wait really and like open the door really quickly as soon as it went green after like five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, depending on the day we were having. So at the end- The excitement. But towards the end of the week, we just kind of gave up. We were like, what is the point? If they want to rob us, they will. They're not going to. They're nice people. We're fine. And the thing, you probably mentioned a really important thing there. We're, we're painting the story about the hotel itself. The, the people that were there, whether oh they were Tanzanian, American, Taiwanese, Jamaican, Finnish, Swedish, Norwegian. Oh, if they I missed any shit. Just, ah. Uh, brilliant folk so so accepting like I mean there was one night uh, there was a game of football on and uh, a team I've supported since I was four years old Simba were playing and uh, it was it was a pleasure to walk into the pub there and obviously if you're listening you fall for that you're a fool I haven't supported Simba since I was four um, I, start, I started I started watching at 15 but no I walked into the pub there was these two two teams playing and I just basically asked one guy <laughs> I was like Oh, who are we supporting? You know, let's, let's sort of get involved. And it was nil-nil about 79, 80 minutes. And this guy said, Simba, we're supporting Simba. So I started supporting Simba and pretty rapidly realised when Simba scored in the 86th minute that we were the only two out of about 20. And uh, this guy comes up to me and says, you know what Simba means? You know what Simba means in Swahili? Liar! Liar! You're a liar! Right? And it was great. Like, everyone was getting so involved in this. That's what it meant and all that sort of fun. And then football went on and we were just all having a great time, which was so nice. And we were all in the pub, what, maybe three nights, just having a bit of chat, playing some cards. Whoever was involved was involved. And, um, yeah, it was <laughs> – I think that that's what made Tanzania. I I really, really love Tanzania. And maybe we didn't do everything we were supposed to do. We did a lot. But um, just so many fantastic people. Uh, but who wants to – I'm going to I'm gonna let someone talk about this, and I think I know someone's going to jump at it. Who wants to tell us about our day looking for Nanny Nanny? <laughs> I would just like to quickly interrupt the show for a minute to give you some extra information on our primary sponsors, A-Plan Rural. A-Plan offer bespoke cover for farms and estates, the UK over, and will give you tailored insurance for anything on the farm, from your old workhorse tractor that's been around 20 years or a fancy new and exciting diversification. 
That's the one going to take it. Paul Carruth should be oh, over. Do I, do I want to talk about Nanny Nanny? I love that day. It was a fantastic day. <laughs> we set off on the bus. When we were meant to set off the bus was about uh, nine in the morning, maybe. So we set off at 11. Because uh, everything, <laughs> <laughs> everything that week ran on Tanzanian time. Yeah. Which, we, which we, is... we got quite used to. Um, me and Wallace shared a, a room with a boy, we already mentioned him, Oscar from Finland. And Oscar had this habit of reading the schedule out to us every morning. And he'd be like, this is, this is when we're meant to meet, and this is when we're meant to leave. And we're like, Oscar, it's not going to happen. <laughs> you just roll with it. <laughs> We're on Tanzanian time, baby. <laughs> so, we all jump on the bus uh, with um, a clear kind of route set out for us. We were meant to go out first to, it was, it was a market first, a Maasai market. And then we're meant to go to Nanny Nanny, which is their kind of version of the Royal Highland Show. And it's like a big, massive kind of um, holiday celebration. Like everyone uh, gets off work and all the schools are off and everyone like meets in the middle of Arusha and goes to this big uh, showground. And then after Nanny Nanny, we're meant to go to Snake Farm. We made it to the Maasai market. <laughs> Wallace almost got ripped off about 50 times. But <laughs> even even more importantly than Wallace almost getting ripped off, Jane was my savior. Like, I'll be honest, for those of you that haven't been to these sort of markets, they're intense. They're actually quite uncomfortable. And I'm someone that like, oh, that's nice. Let's give you so much in it. I got offered these lovely trousers, which I actually do. Oh wait, I have them. You can't see them. I don't know why I'm showing you. I've got a similar pair here to just unpacked. But um, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I've always wanted those. For those, you can't see it. It's on audio on Spotify. It's like those sort of like that just look really light. They look really nice for for a hot country. And I was like, I kind of always wanted them. How cool would it be to get there? So I said to the guy, I was like, oh, can I have, can I have a pair of these? You get any that fit like a big person? They gave me these ones that would have barely fit a seven year old, right? But anyway, he sort of said he was like, we can't speak about this here. We'll go in in the corner and have a wee chat. And offered me them for the the the, the ample sum of one hundred and forty five dollars. Um, which Jane quickly, <laughs> swiftly took me away. Um, but once we'd sort of, a few of us bought a few things, a few small things, but we got back in the bus, right? <clears throat> we were trying to turn around in the car park. And I know Lindsay in particular, this really hit, because I remember watching her face as this was said. On on the trip in Tanzania, there was three Collins. You know, I don't go by Colin, but it is my first name. There was Taiwanese Colin and there was Jamaican Colin. And Jamaican Colin was... In my last episode, I did an impression of Jamaican Colin talking about cane sugar. He goes, oh my God, man, it's the best, right? And he's just, he was just high energy, the happy guy. We all loved him, but at that point, <clears throat> we just got on the bus and his, um, the Jamaican lady's name, but she ran off the bus and we're like, oh, like, shit, Colin, what's happened? And she, he was like, oh, she's left her bag in this market? And we're like, nah, it's gone. Phone in everything. Like, it's a Russia's problem now. Um, but luckily it wasn't it wasn't gone but uh, yeah sorry to pull you up Paul I really wanted to say that handbag story because it was the fear <clears throat> that was the fear <laughs> are you sure it wasn't just the fact that it, it was something that you didn't do <laughs> actually true yeah it's quite nice isn't that's it? Yeah. how you wanted it said <laughs> everywhere we went to before I was supervising Wallace what he used to do was go around like anywhere that people were selling things and he would just have his entire wallet out <laughs> no. I'm like, do you want to be robbed? 
Do you it want was he, your property stolen? It was, the the first night, he was looking for Tanzanite and he told the person <laughs> how much money he had. Like, how much is it? How much do you have? $500. It's $500. It's $500. <laughs> oh, perfect. You've got a deal for it. Perfect. How hard is that? <laughs> oh, God. Sorry, Paul. It's just there. Uh, yeah, on you go. Continue. Yeah, we've been to the bus. Oh. <laughs> we got back on the bus. Was it? It's about 27 degrees outside. Not the best time to be on a bus. Especially when there's it's a twenty eight seater bus and there's thirty five folk on, and most people are like sitting in these middle seats, just rolling about. Uh, but we headed to Nanny Nanny, and quickly realised that the streets around Nanny Nanny were a bit busier than they were expecting, and so what was meant to be a journey to Nanny Nanny, eventually ended up being a three or four hour trip just around the showground, deciding to ditch the whole idea of going to Nanny Nanny because it wouldn't be safe <laughs> to take that many people who don't know any sort of like Tanzanian culture or anything to do with the festival into the actual showground. So we just went around it and then went home. And that was our entire day. It must have taken us like a good two hours to travel two miles. Hmm. And, you know, I wish I was exaggerating, but I really don't think I am. You might be playing it down. I I might be playing it down. Yeah, exactly. I might be playing it down. We were so dehydrated. Oh, my God. For letting us stop to get any sort of liquid. We had to just put our foot down and say, we need water, cola, (laughs) pineapple Fanta, anything. Okay. Pineapple Fanta, so good. Yeah, so, yeah. and then when we went into the, like, we went to the, well, where did we stop? Was that a fuel station we stopped? I think it was yeah, fuel yeah. So, and then one second, they didn't take, so none of us had changed our, any money. One second, they wouldn't take dollars, and then we were like, all right, okay, that's fine. We, and we were going to leave, they're like, oh, no, no, one dollar, one dollar, one dollar. Like, <laughs> just saying that. So we got 10 bottles of juice between us. Uh, that was a war day. <laughs> and then I actually thought Paul was going to get into an argument with a, um, a nice Finnish lady called, I think, Rutinia was her name. Uh, oh, yeah. When uh, we were, it must have been now 4 pm. That'd be all right, right? And yeah. we, had, we had missed Nanny Nanny, which we'd been round it uh, and probably bumped the bus into 10 or 12 people that were there. but we hadn't actually been in and we were like, well, let's sort of cut our losses and just head to the snake park, which was the bit we all actually wanted to go to. Um, and someone didn't want to, and Paul did, um, would be the diplomatic way to put it. And uh, Paul didn't get his way, uh, which is probably how that worked. And we headed home and after our first day, first day in Tanzania, we had done a nothing. <laughs> <laughs> You discovered pineapple Fanta. I did. You discovered pineapple Fanta. So we saw yeah. a lot of stuff on the bus. Yeah, it was it was interesting. And we were actually we saw a lady carrying chickens on her head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we only actually were in two confirmed car accidents as well, so we actually didn't hit yeah. anyone that day, and no one hit us. So that was, was a good day. day. 
was a we, successful we, day in the car, actually. Day, actually, if you think about it on reflection. The whole time we didn't hit anyone. No. <laughs> we just got hit. Uh, actually, yeah, we did we get just hit. Just got hit, yeah. yeah, actually, yeah. We, did, we didn't hit anyone. We got hit. I the mean, was a big we, target. We, it was, yeah. We hit a boulder later on in our trip, but we can get that later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We headed headed back, and then Tuesday, Tuesday was uh, as I think Tuesday was more sort of going round, and and we did a thing in the <clears throat> we did a thing in the the theatre where we sort of had every club come up. Uh, sorry, every country, I guess each group that was there come up with an initiative that could be implemented throughout four H groups, which is actually really good. So different ones were doing. Um, Jane and I missed one. Uh, because we saw monkeys and ran out and looked at them, uh, but that was quite We're screaming good. monkeys. Yeah, <laughs> same ones. Um, Jane and I like... literally thought that something or someone was getting murdered halfway through the night because every night, without fail, about one two in the morning, there was these ungodly screams, and we um, could not pinpoint what they were. And yet we didn't do anything like, to prevent it, even though we did think someone was maybe having a kind of <laughs> We took no action. We I was like, you know what? It's just, it's Tanzania's problem. It's not exactly. ours. <laughs> and on this, that was, <clears throat> we had these, what we assumed, and as Jane said, did nothing, people screens for a day or two until we realised that we were in fact monkeys. And on top of that, I was sitting up one night, Oscar and, and Paul <laughs> falling asleep, and uh, I was just sitting up, couldn't get sleep, whatever. And I heard what I was certain, and I mean certain, was gunfire. I'm not exaggerating in the slightest. Um, and again, sort of fell back asleep, pretended it never happened, thought nothing of it. <laughs> Came down in the morning and realised half the ceiling had fallen out <laughs> downstairs in the hotel, um, which wasn't actually as big a shock as it probably sounds. Because from what I understand, it was the third one that had happened in the hotel because one of the little restaurants had some ceiling on the uh, tables. And uh, yeah, it was a shock in itself. Um, uh, we should probably talk a bit about the day we did seminars because that was actually really good. Uh, we probably learned a lot those days. Uh, one, well, I can start, I guess, one we did, um, Jane and I were in, yes, <clears throat> Um Jane, myself, and maybe five or six others were in. It was sort of looking at the 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 potential demographic changes that can lead to lake issues, you know, sort of um, environmental issues on on a on a uh, lake ecosystem, which was really good actually. It really um, sort of showcased what was happening. I think it'd be really good to use with um, maybe NCHNC agriculture and other rural based students, um, which I really enjoyed. Uh, what was that, Jane? It was really good. It was a Dixie that gave the... Dixie Sandborn, yeah, that's yep. right. It was yeah. She's actually emailed us the stuff over. It was so good. And it wasn't just good because we got to eat goldfish crackers. <laughs> and I was very peckish at this point. I was <laughs> at this point, so it was I didn't realise there were food at first. <laughs> what? Jane, you know this. You took the mick. I was like, why is there fish? Why is oh everyone excited God, so about fish? So yeah, yeah, yeah I was being quite that. abusive actually. Um, <laughs> it was so good. It was, so, and I just kept going around telling everyone after we were finished, like, go and do that one in the afternoon, go and do that one in the afternoon, because it was really, really good. And she put so much 
Like, obviously, she brought all that stuff with her from America, and she put so much effort into it. It was really, really good. All the all of them are really good, though. Everyone yeah. came over with stuff. was really good. And quite accurately, just still on that one, you were given a demographic each, <clears throat> and Jane was given the grandparents, which was fair and accurate. Um, <laughs> oh, God, the face I am getting is not good. Uh, who else went to other ones that day, other sort of seminars, whatever they're called? I had one on um, health advocacy, which was really good in the morning, um, and about how to sort of promote and change healthy lifestyles and things like that in organisations. That was really good. And then had one on cultural art exchange, which was interesting. Um, not sure it's something I think that SYFC would be able to do, though. <laughs> No. And then my last one was really good though. It was on public speaking. Um it was actually really like quite inspiring actually. Um I can't remember the name of the lady that was taking it now, but no, it was it was really good. You were good though. And was there one um Madeline took it, Madeline and Kayla and uh, Oh yeah, what was theirs on again? Lorena. Lorena, yeah. Lorena, yeah. yeah. They were giving us lots of ideas for like keeping like their members involved, meeting ideas, yeah. things like that. So it was really good as well because a lot of it kind of a, does and will apply to ACYFC uh, as well. So it was really good, and they were very engaging as well. The three of them were really really good. Did we? It go was good. Three. Was it? Yeah, there was three of us. Yeah, that one, yeah. it went to that one. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, really good like online resources and stuff as well that was a lot of it like um a lot of the kind of american organizations because they're run through universities and stuff their online mm -hmm. setups are very good their online education so yep. they're all giving us little links and like using that saving that <laughs> yeah <laughs> Drap, and paste. Like, yoink. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's been really uh, stuff which has been really it's been so nice like everyone's been putting stuff in the whatsapp um, yeah. which has been so nice. It's been really, really good. And we, um, one thing that is obviously something that I care a lot about is uh, by about Wednesday, Thursday time, the pool was almost a third full. So No, it wasn't, Wallace. No, it was not. I said a third. No, it was not even a third of the oh, well, Maybe it wasn't almost a third full. Fair. There, it was time no to jump chance. in. It was not a time to jump in. Especially off the diving board. <laughs> he did, what was he time? Attempt it, though. <laughs> what was time to jump in? Jumping in the pool. Because I turned around to Lindsay and I was like, before I turn back, pull back the curtain to see who, which three idiots <laughs> this is. Let's guess. Paul, Wallace, Oscar. Curtain <laughs> up. Oh, yep, oh. there they are. 10 out of I, 10. Feel right. My, <laughs> My guess would have been Pi Bay, Bernard, and Aliou, but you were correct, so that's fair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, speaking of jumping in the water, we had a really good day where <clears throat> we headed to, uh, to Tanzania. We were in Tanzania. We headed to Kilimanjaro, um, which, I mean, very much a when in Rome, you can't not. Uh, and Kilimanjaro, I, I thought for a few days when we were driving around, I was like, oh my God, there's Kilimanjaro, it's huge. What turned out was we were talking about, and I think I said this right at the start, <clears throat> a mountain called Mount Meru. Now, I can't remember the exact figures, but Kilimanjaro roughly sits about 5,900 metres 
And when we were looking at Meru, we were like, this thing is huge because we thought it was Kilimanjaro. And that sits at about four eight, so still massive. Yeah, still absolutely massive. About three times the size of Ben Nevis, but basically Kilimanjaro was another Ben Nevis on top of that. Um, and we didn't see it until we went this day. And unfortunately, we really didn't get the best day to see it. Um, we were at like the highest point you could get to, which was just shy, just above two thousand meters, which was still insanely high. We drove it, we didn't drive it. Yeah, we didn't walk it. Sorry. Um, and at that gate was a guy standing with. A modified submachine gun and it was $83 or you know make it a pop in the kneecap uh, if you went through it so we we sort of waited uh, they've obviously <laughs> wasn't going to go through um, we waited there there was a wee bit sort of happening we had it um, bought some things and, and spoke to some folk and, and I bought the trousers that's where we bought the trousers and James did this great wee thing tell everyone how you got a better deal please so basically I was going to go and say oh lovely trousers sir may I have some and uh, because you know that's how most people buy things, and uh, Jane seemed to think this was wrong, and I was to do something different. So what I was to do was I was to go and choose the correct trousers. I was going to say how much is these trousers, not let the man walk outside, just say how much are these trousers in particular. I would like this one and this one, and then he would then say the price. I would say perfect forty dollars, and I felt like a negotiator. So that was quite exciting. I managed to pay the right thing, um, <laughs> the right amount, but I. We, we can speak about Kilimanjaro and whatnot in a second, but one thing that really has hit home with me at this point, and we, um, it's something that, that I will remember for some time, was throughout the group, I was kind of the one that everyone, I know if we've painted the picture because it's accurate, that I was the one that got everything wrong, which is true. But the one thing I was kind of okay at was like exchange rates. It's the one thing I got and I could sort of oh, do yeah. the number. Mm. And um, at one point, so the the um the currency in Tanzania is Tanzanian shilling. Tanzanian shilling sits at roughly two thousand four hundred. So let's say two thousand five hundred um Tanzanian shilling to the dollar. Everything's in dollars, so pounds roughly a dollar doesn't really matter. Um and at this place a guy asked me for fifty shilling, which is I mean literally less than two and a uh, one and a half cents. So it shows you just sort of what sort of poverty is has been dealt with in that area. Um but the rest of the day was quite good. Jane almost lost her phone on the bus that day. There was a minor panic. Horrible. Horrible. <coughs> was that the intended to be married or not? Was that, that, was, that was before then. Just for convenience, for yeah, just, bartering, to try and get upgrades on aeroplanes, for, <laughs> my, for my safety, which sounds bizarre. But um, yeah, there's a yeah, lot. Yeah, we probably of can't explain that one. <laughs> Probably not. Um, was it? What was the name of the, the waterfall? Was it in Doro? Doro. In Doro. Doro, yeah. I know where this is going. Yeah. No, I was going to leave it up to someone else to say. I know what story I'm going to tell at one point. But... I have Anyone... an open wound on my leg. By the way, it's not you. <laughs> I feel like Jane, you know what? is talking about you shoving him off the cliff. But um... oh, here we go. Exaggerations. It was not that bad. I was having a really bad day, okay? There's a lot of emotions. Just on that, Jane, you're, you're saying you're having a bad day and totally playing the martyr in this one. What happened here? We'll let Jane tell her story, see how it goes. Um, we came to this lovely place who our tour guide, in Jane's eyes, looked like ex-Liverpool player Fabinho. Uh, and Jane <laughs> felt he had to be told this. He did. Uh, 
So, Jane, tell you what, give us the story about uh, the waterfall. Let's hear your side. So, the waterfall is was like a cheaper, well, was 100% was a cheaper alternative to, like, instead of going to the Kilimanjaro, like, through the gate and stuff, they're like, we'll take to this waterfall. It's not that far away, and it's really nice. So, which is fine. Like, it was, what, $10, I think, 15 so we go we start walk we, the bus stops and then we start walking now the walk itself fine then we start to then they're handing out sticks and i'm a wee bit hesitant to take one because i'm like I don't need to charge me even more money for a stick anyway i should have taken one is the moral of the story so lindsay and paul athletes okay me and wallace well, I'm asthmatic, so that that already was a red flag. If I had known how treacherous that, I probably still would have. So I hadn't, they didn't tell us what we were going to do. This is the thing that I found a bit frustrating was if they told us, I would have worn proper trainers and shorts, but they didn't tell us this is what we were doing. So I was wearing white trousers. <laughs> Which on reflection was just so stupid. So we start walking down. Now, the first part of it is fine. It then starts to get, like, really scary for me. Now, I just cling on to Wallace for dear life. Lindsay and Paul are skipping away ahead. No problem at all. Not caring the world to them. This is the second time they've left us, by the way, because they left us in Glasgow Airport, first of all. Anyway, I'll not hold on to it. So they're away. I'm holding on. Now, I was, must have been, I think I was digging, man, like, clone your back that sounds so bad it I <laughs> holding on to you for dear life as I was walking down this cliff side okay now I am my emotions are heightened there's a lot going on okay I don't fall going down the, the, the issue I was having was if I fell to the left I would have died that was that's pretty much he just would never have found my body okay so we get down okay it is absolutely stunning okay completely worth the trip down so wallace and i think wallace and paul you go right in close to the waterfall you can't get underneath it though because it was too strong i think is that right i, I couldn't manage anyway i tried my absolute yeah but like beautiful pictures everyone's so happy not everyone in the group came down but everyone was so happy it was gorgeous and then the creeping realisation comes into my head. <laughs> I have to go back up this. Oh, no. Oh, no. So Wallace does stay with me for most of it. The one time, though, I walk in front. I'm getting to it, Wallace, but you're going to remember it clearly in a second. Can you just quickly, Jane, before <laughs> tell this mm-hmm. part, could you just... You've made out, you know, you, you gripped my back uh, really <laughs> intensely at one point. It wasn't like once you literally <laughs> were carried down no like, <laughs> he, you might as well have put me over your shoulder and carried me down for sure <laughs> clinging on for dear life i was like my legs were shaking because i was so scared to fall I fall so on the way back Jane, up, i had no idea exactly Lindsay, because you had left me you left me you went with paul and you left me okay you're skipping away into the sunset with Paul oblivious. I'm, I'm struggling, okay? It was horrible. And there was old people there as well. So the guides were helping them because, you know, 
elderly and I'm just <laughs> I'm out here fighting for my life okay I've got my inhaler in my bag which I didn't realize anyway so we get start going back up I know boss I didn't realize I had my inhaler in my back the entire time oh anyway, dear the one time Wallace lets me go in front of him, I fall. And <laughs> but I immediately, like, sh- so I fell, shot back up, and then just adrenaline, or I don't really remember it, to be fair, but I think I just, my arms were shaking, and I just, Wallace was like, oh, my God, are you okay? Because it was quite a thud, apparently. And I was like, I'm fine. What are you talking about? I'm absolutely fine. And then it just... was quite a thud on a notable, like um, yeah. a notable route from a yes. tree. So that happened, <laughs> and uh, like I still have, it's still like an open wound on my leg. I should, if we were home, I would have got stitches, like just three stitches. But it's still like a <laughs> deep cut in my. Leg. I've got. Well, I came home and mum was like, "I know what we've got for this Suda cream." <laughs> What did you fill it in? Like <laughs> to let it breathe, and it's still like no wonder it's like it's so bad. It's really bad. Anyway, so I fall, shoot back up. Walsh is like, "Oh my god, are you okay?" My arm apparently was shaking really badly to like one side, and then I just shoot up like some sort of I don't know who I thought it was, Lara Croft or something, and just <laughs> leaving Walsh in my wake. I'm not going to get into the alleged and. <laughs> pushed him because I don't remember it happening properly so <laughs> in my opinion it was a lie but we'll also tell you a different story that, that's also a lie because you've told people about it <laughs> no it doesn't sound like me but so what what Jane's talking to before she turned into fucking superwoman and flew up the cliff um was uh we were still on the flat at the the waterfall and like we say like I genuinely I'm not self like I helped her down. I think that's fair to say. I'm not going to bring it up anymore, but that's what happened. And uh, we're coming back up, just about to start our ascent, still on completely flat. And there was this like rock that went like into the path and you sort of had to edge around it. And I was like, oh, I'll jump ahead and help Jane. So what I did was I jumped onto the rock. When I stood on that rock, Jane decided to push me forward, uh, which was <laughs> very, uh, very kind and very um, nice uh, payback for, for the assistance I'd given her. Uh, but yeah, it was. I mean, that place was beautiful. It was just gorgeous. Like uh, some of the photos we got were stunning. It was really, <clears throat> really nice. But I can't remember timings and whatnot. I think we probably it doesn't really matter. But one thing that we need to talk about <clears throat> before we um, get on to safari and stuff, and if I've missed anything else about Tanzania, is um, is the orphanage. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just for those that um, maybe not follow me, yeah, for those that follow me, you might have saw a video of me dancing with uh, a bunch of kids in Tanzania. And then for those that are friends of on Facebook, there's a photo of uh, like my profile picture, which Jane has a funny story about it. <laughs> uh, but um, the one day we're going to this, I can't remember, something Vision, which is the name of the, the owner, because I've actually spoke to him since, um, orphanage. And basically what, what it was was when we say orphanage it maybe throws you off a wee bit um <clears throat> it was kind of an orphanage orphanage it was kind of like a primary school uh and we went there and i think we had an idea of what we we're going to see um but i i can't stress how many emotions were flying through at this point there was just these adorable little kids that were so happy with 
with what we will see is so little and you're you're so so emotion like everything's so positive emotions to see them like that but then to see what they're dealing with you're like oh it's so hard and um yeah who, who wants to who wants to talk with the orphanage i mean someone jump in it's, it's kind of hard to explain it's more an emotion thing than actually explaining it but yeah it's crazy like um just like crazy like how much love these kids had for us complete strangers like they just have so much love to give anyone mm-hmm. like you know it doesn't matter like who you are they're just like hey come see my slave come play yeah or what what was it that they called your um beard again <laughs> oh my god because uh, so i i guess i'd I think one thing I'd probably expected was, um, and this was maybe completely wrong of me, but to see a white person would have been a shock. But there was two people that were volunteering there. I, I got one of their names, Sam, uh, one English girl and one Irish girl that, that were white, obviously. So so that maybe wasn't as big a shock. But the beards were pretty uncommon in Tanzania and Rwanda. We didn't see many, um, which I didn't really think would have been the case. Uh, but one wee girl sort of grabbed my beard, right? <laughs> was it you that had asked, Jane? Or was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, oh, what does it feel like? And she just sort of went, how do we feel again? And went, bad wool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which was a wee bit offensive, but cute at the same time. Um, and oh, we had, they were, oh God, oh. they were adorable. Lindsay, if Wallace uh, and I, yeah. If Wallace and I had a wee, they'd all, they'd all been on the flight home with us. But Jane put her foot down. Making me sound like the worst person in the world. But No, you had to. You had to put your foot down with us, to be fair. I was so every time we left somewhere, I would be like one, two, three, four, right? Okay. Four. <laughs> it would always be like the case of, well, we did leave someone. We left Jamaican calling someplace, but there was always I would always go on to bus and like, right, one, two, three, four, fine. And that one I was like, one, two, three. Where's Wallace? Had to <laughs> Lag you out there kicking and screaming back on which was not which was not the only time in Tanzania you counted folk because then when we arrived at Safari you counted the busload of kids because for the same thing. But um we're probably making this sound weird. Uh, it's not weird, it's actually it was really nice. Do you know um something I haven't told you guys? I've actually signed up as a financial donor to that orphanage. I just couldn't not. Yeah. So I send them like um a grand a year. Uh, to try and help with board and stuff like that. So, yeah, no, it really. Stop! Oh my gosh, me, you're breaking um, my heart. It was so. Yeah, I had to. So I haven't set up the thing, but hence why I was speaking to the the, the uh, owner last week. Um, I feel like yeah. um, you should have given us a warning before you just sprung that upon us. There, that was quite. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> but you, uh, you, yeah. you you got me. You got me. <laughs> We, we all got got quite a few times, in fairness, throughout, and I think the biggest one that we got got at was in Rwanda. Uh, we hadn't moved, and um, we had our first minor incident. So as, as a lot of you know, in July, I had a minor incident with a car. I thought that was probably the last for some time. However, uh, as we sat in the bus just outside uh, the orphanage, we were sitting there with mixed emotions, as I'd mentioned, mostly positive at that stage. We hadn't had time to fully break them down and think about them. Uh, but then there was a small bang. And what that small bang was, a man's <laughs> knee hitting the bus. What had happened, I think, was a car had been next. Motorbikes don't really matter in Tanzania, it seems. They're everywhere, but and no yes, one seems to care about them. But yeah, yeah exactly. 
it's mental. And what what it is is I don't know if anyone's watched the um, if anyone watches Grand Tour, but they go to Mozambique and they've got to shift fish. And uh, Richard Hammond has a bike, and I think it's a uh, TVS Star HLX one two five is the type the name of the bike. They're everywhere. There's only like two. That's right. And this poor guy had like dented his fuel tank, bust his knee on the bus, and the driver had went out and we were like, oh, I think it's going to have a problem here. And our guy, Julian, isn't it? No, not Julian. Um, oh, that's terrible. Uh, is it Julian? It doesn't matter. Uh, one of the guys that was with us uh, sort of diffused the situation. We sat in the bus and we went away. Um, and we had, was that when we went to the cultural centre? Yeah. Yeah. Um, which was just, you know, just an experience. And this was my first chance to buy Tanzanite, but I managed to avoid it at that stage. Um, and there, there was a really interesting guy outside there. And I don't want to say the the tribe, but I'll, I'll, I know it's close. It's like Watangla, I think was what he was. And um, I had a really nice chat with him where uh, he, he had, you know, a lot of fantastic tattoos on. I don't know if I'd said, said this to you guys. I was probably still thinking about the orphanage at this stage, but I put a post on Facebook and Instagram about the fact that his trade rules were the tattoos he had, he had to do, uh, which is really interesting. He sort of told us a few things and there was a, a band there and I went, I just loved the music there. I was dancing the whole time, had a chat with them. They told us a wee bit about what was similar to a violin, a sort of similar shape to a violin. We couldn't work out what it was. It's called a Zezé. And I think, I think they said it was made in Southeast Asia, exported to Madagascar and now it's found its way into uh, mainland Africa. So yeah, the cultural center was a, shop as you'd expect we looked at a lot of different bongo drums and um different things like that you know just things you expect to see but there was also culture just just sort of sitting around um is there anything i missed about that oh the 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 dancing night that was fun paul you get proper into that you had a good night you can tell us about that oh yeah um for our final official night of the conference we had just kind of like a final celebration so was that the night we also celebrated the birthday of Tanzania of Bori? Oh, no, that no, that was the night. That was the night before. The night before. Jane cut the cake. Jane cut the cake. <laughs> lovely photo. There is a lovely photo of Jane kind of like reaching over with about ten other folk <laughs> to cut this. <laughs> we, were, we were taking so long to cut the cake that me and the American women looked at each other and we were like, "Hurry up! I want to <laughs> move it along." <laughs> So much enthusiasm from the chef when they were singing happy birthday. Amazing. Mm. They were I can't remember what birthday they were celebrating. Was it 30? 30. Yeah. 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 Which actually, it was kind of fortuitous that the conference ended up falling on the 30th year, seeing as it had been delayed for yeah. three years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Quite nice. The... the um, the dance night was class, though. It wasn't actually really supposed to be that. It just turned into it when we yeah. uh, got one of our anthems for the, the holiday. Um, so basically what yeah. happened was... Playlist. Uh, <laughs> tier, a banging playlist, in fairness. He's a $7 million <laughs> bull rider. <laughs> JP Money. Um, no. Jane made the mistake of on like day two of the trip saying, 
oh, do you not hate when folk like Colin McKinnon put those videos on Snapchat and then it has that, this sound over it and she regretted it because every day it was stuck every, in her head. But I suffered. And every was, single and it, day. It would come out of my head and then we'd be like, oh, no, we'd be coming back from like a 17-hour bus journey and I'd be like, have my head at the window trying to like sleep or something. He's a seven million. <laughs> Shut up. I know he is. And, uh, so this... We kept saying that, and then one of the boys from Tennessee 4H was like, "He actually has a seven million dollar." I was like, "Yes, Chandler, I know. Thank you so much." Which I mean, he defended him big time, and I actually oh, I don't know if you saw. You, um, you should add Chandler on Snapchat. He sent me uh, a video of one of the college football games yesterday. Oh my god, they oh, are insane. shading stuff on Instagram about it. It looked amazing. It's so they good. On it. Amazing. Mm. Um so the, the night before Safari, which was like her last day in Tanzania, um Hattie Bukalenga, who was one of the younger guys involved in 4H in Tanzania, stood up and Hattie Bu uh, we basically the plan the next morning at four to get up and leave for half four. And uh, <laughs> Hattie Bu just goes, We're going to half seven, and we're like, that doesn't sound correct. Um, <laughs> But it was, and in fairness, we actually left at seven thirty-seven, which was kind of good going. Um, but it, yeah, very, that was wild. Good timing, and it actually led to a bit of a problem because we had been under the impression we did in the safari for some time, and it was maybe left quite late to book, um, <laughs> which we can get into or not. But there was two safari cars, and there was a bus. So basically, safari car obviously offered you um, quite a quite a good view when you're on safari, and then it became a bit of a who can get the safari cars first. I did actually end up getting fined in hours, but anyway, we did get one. Um, <laughs> and uh, that night was a cultural night. So Paul was the centre of attention in this fantastic kilt, which was great. And what we sort of started off by doing was teaching an Arcadian strip the willow. So I tried to uh, talk everyone through on the mic, and uh, Lindsay and Paul did the Arcadian of the world to kick it off and it was just organised chaos and it was great fun and as that happened the band that were playing and we also had some phenomenal entertainment from like these people playing with fire and doing mad gymnastics and climbing the ceiling and this was all happening climbing up the ceiling this was all happening in the hotel like the fire was yeah. like touching the ceiling Nobody cared. It was just a new tinge to the paint, yeah. And they uh, and I mean, just... it's not like they could have put it out in the pool because it still wasn't full. So <laughs> it, never, it was never going to be full. <laughs> and um, after we'd done their cadence, well, everyone sort of sat down and and there was music playing. A few of us were dancing, and that night turned into such a great night because we started to learn loads of different dances from different cultures. There was a Finnish one that was so easy, so easy to learn. You stand and you hold the person in front, you put your hands on top of their shoulder and you do, is it one jump forward? Sorry, one kick left, one kick right, one kick left, one kick right, jump forward, jump back, three jump forward. And you just keep going and you create a circle. And then there was what became an absolute anthem for us was a Jamaican song called Dollar Wine. Um, now, what Dollar Wine did was you went, uh, <clears throat> you went one cent as you threw your hip to the left, five cent right, 10 cent back, dollar forward, which obviously looked quite naughty. Um, so you went uh, <laughs> one cent, five cent, 10 cent, dollar, 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 dollar. And it doesn't sound good, but this guy, 
Colin sold it so well. That man's hips are the truth. Oh my god! Like they were amazing. Like it was. And His hips don't lie. They do not. Oh my god. <laughs> um, and then we had a Taiwanese dance that was amazing. Uh, Soong just went for it, man. He just went, and we joined in, and it was just so good. And you learned all these dances. And then was it that night we went? The rugby was on. Or was that the next night? That was oh, that the was night. the that next was, night. No, so that night specific- um, we finished it by taking off all our nice fancy clothes and jumping in the half full pool. <laughs> That's right, so we did. <laughs> that was a nice moment. That was the night I thought I was going to die from heat stroke, and that's what woke me up, jumping in the pool. <laughs> and we were shouting, Oscar, Oscar. <laughs> that's what it was, Oscar, Oscar. Pool <laughs> boys. Pool <laughs> boys. Pool boys for life. Absolutely, Oscar. I hope you're listening, man. You have given us a few terms so that we don't stop using. I will tell you when this comes out, and I really hope you're listening. Um, so, yeah, Safari. Lindsay tells about it because you were the one whose face lit up at the start. The Safari. Actually, before oh, before at the start, Wallace. Yeah. I don't think it was lit yeah, up yeah, at yeah. the start. <laughs> we didn't think we we're gonna get in. God, and how long did, it must have taken us what like four hours to get there? It meant we could eat our packed lunch though, Lindsay. Mm. We ate a lot of that packed lunch. I mean, you, you guys did. I lost so much weight in Tanzania. It was great, but anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. So the safari. So it probably took us like four hours to get there, and then we got there. That was fine. Our guide went in, or our driver actually. So <laughs> to begin with, when we left the hotel, there was like these safari jeeps at the hotel, but I saw them stick on like fake safari tour company stickers onto the side of our onto the side of our jeep in the morning so there was only two jeeps and there was way more people than that so some of the group actually ended up doing it in this bloody minibus that had been traveling in the full time which was horrific like i had a sore back after that and um, so anyway we got to safari and uh, the minibus got in the other jeep got in we went to get in, and we did not get in. There was a problem. What was it? Oh, they like wrote down the number plate wrong, so the the gate wouldn't open. But we must have sat outside for like an hour trying to get in. I was, was like, lovely. "It's not happening." I was like, "It's not happening." I was like, "We've we came this far." And we were like, "There's one. We're not getting in. There's no way they're gonna let us in." I there. just we, <laughs> we we kind of just sat in silence because I was like, "I don't want to say this out loud in case it happens." <laughs> And then eventually, it was all fine. We did get in and we managed to be in the Jeep, which was amazing um, because you could open up like the full top of the roof. So we were all like standing out um, on the top. Wallace actually sat in the wrong bit and got us a fine. Um, so that I was good. Yeah, you did, to be fair. Um, <laughs> but yeah, oh, the safari was amazing. I felt like I was living my wild at heart dream. I was so happy. So happy. Quoting all when the Madagascar f- animals. <laughs> when you saw the zebra and when Jane saw the elephant, they were just like peak happiness. And I think yeah. these were both. I think you guys have maybe had a had a tough time with with the Paul and I just dived into the food in Tanzania 
um, yeah. Jane and Lindsay maybe struggled a bit more. So they'd maybe... Had a I had rib cages. <laughs> I just kept giving rib cages to eat. And not like pork ribs, a bird's rib cage. What do yeah. you want from us? We tried. But the meat on those rib cages was... There was delicious. no meat on that. <laughs> there was no meat. There was no meat. I lived on the pancake oh. thing. Which was no. lush, yeah, the banana pancakes. They were good. Yeah. And the, was, the banana muffins we got in the packed lunches. And the bananas was, in general, to be fair. But uh, it was when the cleaners stole my Highland Spring water. <laughs> That's super. We descended on that super <laughs> pack of rabid animals. Like, so, it was. I don't know. The hotel, I don't know if it said, but I think it had been shut for like four years before we got there. And the water, the bottled water that they were supplying us with, I think that had been in the basement for those four years. Shafi. Shafi, Shafi. And like, I couldn't drink it. It was making me feel so sick. So we went into a supermarket and they had Highland Spring water. Oh my God, I cleared the shelves. And then I was trying to ration myself. And I had half a bottle of water left in my room and I was so excited to go back to it. And the cleaner had been in and taken it. The, oh, the heartache. Anyway. Like, devastation. Like, <laughs> Lindsay, I've never seen you like that before in my life. And it was nothing I could have done. Because the women's probably drank it as well. Oh, I hope she enjoyed it. No wonder she's been drinking the Shafi. <laughs> well, I wasn't um, even on the Shafi yeah. until the third day. I knew it was coming. Right. I knew it was coming. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Wallace announced us halfway through our time in Tanzania. And guys, have you not been drinking the tap water? What? I want three liters a day. <laughs> Sorry, what? That was that was a that was like my breaking point though, because I just flipped. Uh, we you were did. Sat, we were it was the first time we'd sat at a meal, the four of us pretty much since we'd got there, and you decided to tell us you'd been drinking tap water, and I just erupted at the like at the table. I was just so sick of it. I was like, you're going to you die. You're going to get all these diseases. No. Wallace has guts of steel. Was totally guts of steel. I was going to say, who's the only person that had no issues the whole time, apart from a sore head one? Uh, yeah, do you know what? Actually, Jane, you literally totally just fine. said... I only what had a stroke. I didn't need I, I didn't need a modium at any point. Okay. <laughs> I was fine. Thank you. So I had I was also fine okay, until, until the two drinks in Rwanda. <laughs> yeah, it was nice though. You get serenaded. And that you're spiked. Um, something going on. <laughs> we for those of you listening, we should probably explain something. We said that you know, Paul and I tried everything. It never it, it rarely said what you were eating, right? It didn't, you know, it, it, you never knew if it was, it, if you didn't have a bit of an idea about me, you might not have known what was been eaten at all. And what probably didn't help, um, now I'm almost certain this wasn't the meat we'd have been having, but what probably didn't help was when you went through um, Tanzania, the main sort of commerce was based on, on like really small stands just on the side of the road. And that's where you would buy, sell, whatever, <clears throat> not sell, uh, buy. Um, uh, and uh, the butcher shop, was literally a sort of I don't know house like really small house with a window with no glass in it a door with no door in it and this 28 29 degree heat and you see the meat hanging like it doesn't look great but I don't think that's what we're having but it's probably Isn't important to what say that dry aging is exactly <laughs> that's exactly it 
So it, it should have been no. lovely. Um, Gives it flavour. It was because I kept um, getting these rib cages served to me, and I was presuming it was chicken. But then I started to think, actually, I've not seen a lot of chickens here, so <laughs> I'm not sure it is chicken. Anyway. It was, yeah. yeah. But also, Jane mentioned one thing that I would say sums up Tanz- our week in Tanzania the absolute most. The fourth night was the first night we all sat together. Like, you'd known these people minutes and you just sat with whoever. It was so good. It was really nice. It was just very inclusive, um, which was which really was nice. And the, the safari you could talk about for hours, but, I mean, there's not really much to say. We saw um, giraffes, zebras, uh, elephants... Uh, water bucks, apparently a leopard's tail. Uh, I really don't know how much I believe it, but we'll say we have so we can say we saw a big cat and loads of other wee things. And uh, I think we actually got a list. And maybe one thing that's probably important to say we probably, I think we're covering a lot of stuff, but um, if you do want to go and actually read <clears throat> and, and see our sort of tours from the day, each of us took a day um, about to, to write about the, the day on the SEYFC blog. So go, go check that out if you want. Um, but our, our last night just was uh, Scotland were playing France in the rugby, I think it was. And so that was Paul and Lindsay out. But they came came <laughs> with us still to play cards. We, we were played. on an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. You were. And, and what I, this game of cards brought the worst out of me as well. It must have 14 of us or something in college <laughs> house. Just having an absolute better of a night. And uh, it was a... That's not good for me. <laughs> <laughs> so you probably think, given what we've been saying, that's Lindsay doing an impression of our good friend Oscar Manlin. Well, actually, that is, is... I mean, you've... Some of you have listened to 134 episodes of my voice. You know what I sound like... Uh, I wouldn't say... <laughs> this was not I, you. Well, this, this was not you. I don't, I don't know who it was. I don't have the highest pitched voice on the planet. We were playing a game that loosely translates and finished to shit pants. Uh, and uh, how, how this game works is you basically, uh, like we don't need to get into that. What's important is sometimes you have to pick up a card, okay? And you have to pick up some cards. And this time I had to pick up four or five. And they really were not good cards for me. <clears throat> and what I meant to say was, oh, that's not good for me. Uh, but what came out, and I'm so glad Lindsay saw it because no one would have ever believed me if I said this happened. I went, that's not good for me. And I'm not exaggerating the pitch there. I promise. Like, Lindsay, back me up. That's what it was like. <laughs> I have no idea. It's just inaudible. I try not to laugh. They die laughing. But, um, yeah, so that was that was another memory. But then, yeah, the next morning was um, heading off. And as Jane said, near the start, uh, the journey that took us probably 70, 80 minutes took us maybe 15, 20 uh, to get back to Kilimanjaro International Airport. And uh, one thing we should mention is Doha and Dubai were phenomenal airports just from an infrastructure and how quick they've been built perspective. But Kilimanjaro Airport was stunning, naturally stunning. Um, You couldn't actually see Kilimanjaro from the way you went out to the runway. It was behind you, but you saw it when you left. And, And when we left... Um, and headed for a oh this point was really nice this we, they'd mentioned before about business class we put into business lounge which was really nice and at this point um i took advantage and i finally decided to go for it my mum's always loved tanzanite which is a gem a blue gem something probably a bit lighter than a sapphire uh, that can only be found in one one mine in tanzania and mom had said if you see it can you take a photo and i was like oh, i think i'm, I'm going to try go one more and i got her this lovely little water buffalo i mean we're talking i don't know why i'm showing you you can't see me 
um, about the size of maybe two fingernails uh, was the whole gem, which was like a silver water buffalo with a wee chain that held this little Tanzanian uh, Tanzanite um, gem, which was nice. So I was glad I got that as well. And we had our nice experience in business class, which was good. Um, but what, as Paul said at the start, really was gorgeous was watching Kilimanjaro and in particular Meru, we saw it much better, really, really poking out above the clouds. Because the day we'd seen Kilimanjaro, I don't actually think I mentioned, um, I mentioned we didn't see it at Kilimanjaro. About 30 kilometres away, we could see it. And when we all went out to look at it, we just, you know, as you do, stopped on a construction site. And uh, there were some goats there as well. Uh, and we decided to get out and have a peek. And everyone was looking at it and couldn't see it and then realised they were looking way too low. It was it was really impressive to see the height, the height of that. It really was quite something. Um, but yeah, the next flight was uh, moving on into Rwanda. So we headed from, as I look at my little ticket to Kigali from Kilimanjaro, <clears throat> which was a very nice flight, very much enjoyed that. We then landed in Kigali and got into this very, very fancy uh, first class type bus that took us about eight metres to the airport. Um, and uh, we got into the airport, obviously, very quick uh, arrival because we were important. Um, and then we're met by who became a brother to us for the next week, the wonderful Regis, um, a fantastic guy. And uh, for those of you that are a fan of the podcast, as I said, he's been on it. But we were put um, in a little shuttle car uh, with our driver. Was it William? It was something very similar. I, uh, it was something quite normal. I think it was uh, that. And another lady, who I can't remember her name, it begins with M, but I cannot fly from remember it. And I'm going to bring her on the podcast. Um, she's very much involved in water security uh, in Ethiopia, Tanzania, Rwanda and Kenya. Um, so we had a great chat with her and she's just started up an avocado farm in the last couple of years. So instantly we were um, sort of meeting people in Rwanda. And this was night. It was uh, like sort of like dinner time. It was dark. Uh, and instantly, I mean, I was so quickly as someone who's been fascinated by Rwanda for so long, ever since I've heard about the genocide, ever since I've heard about all that sort of stuff, I know it's a very friendly and a very welcoming and from what I understand, quite progressive country. I could not believe, I mean, I just can't stress how, how progressive, how much this just felt like a warm and sandy developed nation city. It was so impressive. I couldn't believe it. Um, I was genuinely quite taken aback. And I think we probably all were. Maybe not Jane as much, because Jane had been reading into it a lot more than us. Um, but then we got to our hotel and realised it was somewhat different to what we'd experienced for the previous week. Um, well, we, we had <laughs> running water. So <laughs> that was very exciting. I'd taken the bathroom half of that room. Like, <laughs> is what it was. I'd have taken that bathroom and lived in that if I had to. I it was it, the bathroom was the size of my flat. Hundred percent. Oh. It also helped that when we arrived, the football was on, so I was just oh, right. Bless. Bless. Um, but I mean, it really was a gorgeous, like a gorgeous hotel. It, was, it wasn't just like a quote unquote for those listening, nice hotel for Rwanda, which isn't what you actually think it means anyway, but we know what you mean by saying that, if you know what I mean. Um, it was a genuinely lovely hotel, Mythos it was called. Um, and we went in, got set up, that was grand. And we went for dinner and had a chat with Regis who told us everything about Rwanda, about what it's building upon, it's building on sport. Um, and when we really started to think about it, Jane and I in particular, 
uh, are football fans and you see visit Rwanda in a lot of places, whether that's football with Arsenal, uh, at a PSG, um, or a lot of YouTubers are on the visit Rwanda bandwagon as well, that the promotion of that country is insane. And it's all down to, well, it's not all down to, it's, it's in part down to the president, Paul Kagame, who seems to be very progressive, very um, anti-corruption now, I'm not going to say there's no corruption in Rwanda because that's just not true. There's corruption everywhere. But they really have tried to get rid of it. I mean, if, an, if a waiter was to ask for a, a tip, for example, that's seen as corruption. Um, and, and they wouldn't just be like a slap in the wrist. That would probably be maybe a disciplinary or something like that in their job. <laughs> so it was really quite quite impressive what, what we saw that night. And Regis told us his story um, about his personal losses in the genocide um, about the challenges he's faced and also if you go and listen to his the podcast with him 71 um, the fantastic business that he has created along with three others um, as well as being heavily involved in the Rwanda Youth Agribusiness Forum so that was the first night we had lovely food which was insane it was like uh, really nice and amazing and then someone who you've probably thought uh, we haven't involved in this podcast enough and that's purely because uh, she, she wasn't with us at that point. Katie came the next morning so that was lovely to welcome Katie uh, to the group and add to what was at this point a bit of a, a brother and sistership between us all um, even though if that was Jane and I that would be illegal. Um, so the, the, the first step it was, on, um, um, as you can imagine um, as you can imagine joining you four on what you have just explained is the week you'd have wasn't the easiest task. I did feel like I was fifth wheeling for a while there, but no, it was Not really, really all. good to join you and hear all your stories about the week. Not in the slightest, and no, not in the slightest. I mean, we were just now a team of five as opposed to a team of four. Um, but <laughs> this podcast so far, apart from maybe the orphanage stage and the odd sort of thing about minor begging here and there, has been positive. It's been fun. We didn't have water, but nobody cared. We had so much fun <laughs> doing what we were doing. And the, well, maybe some cared, but most was that's on them. Uh, it's, it was just an amazing experience. And that was about to continue, but in such a different way. And I, I, I don't know. And Jane did a fantastic job of trying to explain how this next day went. The first thing we were doing on um, our first full day in Rwanda. Uh, after we tried what a waiter had said was a tomato, and I said, this is not a tomato, um, but turned out to be a tree tomato, a tamarillo, which I strongly advise you try, a gorgeous little fruit. You scoop it out, yummy. Anyway, um, what the next step was, was I don't even think sad's the word. I think the way I described it was I was bereft of emotion. Like I didn't know who I was, I couldn't comprehend what was happening. And that was the Kigali Memorial Museum. Um, when, when I first heard of Rwanda, the first thing I thought we have to do is that, because if you don't do it, I don't think you understand the almost national PTSD that is in that country and understand <clears throat> um, what, albeit progressive, this country is truly built upon. It affects everyone. We aren't necessarily old, but old people are few and far between because 29 years ago, 14% of the country was decimated by its own. Um, so we went there and um, it was such a positive place, which struck me. Um, it was 
this is the resting place of quarter of a million people, but those people aren't a number. They're my gran, they're my brother, they're my, and that was so positive to consider how important everyone that was literally beneath us and next to us that were to the people of Rwanda. Um, and we were given a rose each to put down on um, the sort of mass graves that were found in the memorial. And then we were given <coughs> a, um, a sort of headset that would walk us around and tell us how everything was, what was happening at each stage. But the first thing was a video and we sat down to watch in a sort of mini cinema setting, a video of three people who all had stories where their friends stroke neighbors, stroke family, that because they were a different clan, which was for the most part based upon physical features, um, killed them or killed their, not killed them, sorry, killed their family, killed those near them. And man, it hit us. <laughs> that was the start. Um, and I think at that stage, after that video, I, for the next hour or so, I, I just worded in that museum twice. I wanted to know it. I felt like I owed it to people to know it. I wanted to learn everything I could. <clears throat> and there was even one stage of a sort of um, glass floor, if you will, you couldn't stand on it. It was it was next to you uh, that had coffins. Now, I didn't know the story of those coffins, whether they were, I don't want to say important, that feels wrong, but um, maybe were, were found before, whatever. So there was also that, which was quite real. And then you went inside, and, and I, I don't want to be the only one that explains this. I'll ask everyone's opinions about it, but I'll sort of walk you through what happens. You walk through what what is maybe, maybe 40, 50 metres but you take so long because everyone is taking everything in. Apart from one woman I actually told to stop doing what she was doing, who was taking photos of literally um, photos of dead bodies, which we were told not to do for obvious reasons. And you read about the story, we don't need to get into exactly what happens, but essentially there's three, <clears throat> three, um, three clans in Rwanda, mainly two, Tutsi and Hutu, uh, as well as Twa, but Twa accounts for roughly one, maybe one and a half percent at the time in the mid nineties. Um, one was sort of seen as not lesser, but maybe had a struggle. And then the way in which they they sort of went against that was was to do what we know happened, um, which was to kill nearly a million people, um, maybe more, maybe less. I don't think they fully know. And when that, when we were going through that, we were learning, we were reading about. The methods in which they do it, which I don't even know how Spotify and Apple Podcasts work. I've never had to consider this, but I'm going to say it. And if there's a problem with it, that's fine. Um, the methods would involve cutting of Achilles, rape, murder, uh, um, gentle mutilation, things you just cannot comprehend a human to do or a human to experience. And it would often be done in front of loved ones. Uh, it would often be done in the hands it would often be done to children in the hands of parents and all this sort of thing. And I, honestly, the only way I can explain at this point how this felt was the fact that I still, I don't think I was sad. I don't know what I was. I was just trying to learn and I couldn't even fathom what was happening. I genuinely couldn't. And then there were stories of, of some heroes of the, the genocide. That I didn't say this went over a, a, a period of about 97 days. This was not years. This was from mid-April to mid-July. 
you then went on and you met some, well, not met, you saw stories of people that had, that were maybe, <clears throat> maybe from the, from the, the clan of those being killed, took, um, took them in or they were on the killing side, if you will, but it wasn't them doing it. They took the, the, the opposition, if you like, and you went through all these stories. There was then a really, really emotional story about uh, 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 a man and a lady who spoke about their stories that actually at the end uh, they had lost unimaginable losses and the story ended in them actually they came together and from memory they had kids uh, but there was there was some clothing body parts uh, weapons that were used in the time for you to see and again I couldn't comprehend it I wasn't sad I didn't know what I was, but I wasn't sad. And then we went on to the second last section, which was basically understanding genocide. When we hear of genocide, we probably see it as a mass killing, um, which it is, but there's also various other ways, such as the prevention of continuing reproduction of a race. Uh, so obviously some of the genital mutilation, um, I can, I sort of, instilling a PTSD in a demographic. So many different, there were six and I can't remember them all off the heart. Um, and then we looked through Holocaust, the Balkan killings, uh, the likes of Pol Pot and such like in Cambodia. And again, still, I've been fascinated by this since I was a kid, but I still didn't know or I, I, I couldn't feel. But then the last, the last stage came and I, I don't, know how to explain what the emotion was but I've never experienced it before and I want to say I hope to never experience it before but if I ever want to ex understand a culture like this again maybe um, a Jewish culture holocaust based or, or anything like that I feel I have to feel this way again we went into a room that was called the children of the genocide and you saw real stories of real kids that were part and statistics in that genocide <clears throat> two that really stuck out to me and I apologize uh, to this person and their family I can't remember her name not because I can't remember the name it's because the name wasn't one I'd seen before and was quite long and to get my name written my tongue around I don't want to say it wrong um she was uh, I think it was 15 months old it said her favorite food was milk she always kept her mum and dad up at night and she was stabbed in the eye in her mum's arms. And the second one that sticks with me is Eva Sonavet was a brother and sister, <clears throat> five and three, who um, were daddy's little girl, mummy's little boy, liked cake, liked swimming, which is massive in Rwanda, and died to a grenade in their shower. And that's only two of maybe 14. And I walked out of there and I'm sure the other guys on the, <clears throat> the podcast today will attest to this. I don't think I said a word for about four hours. I didn't know how to communicate. I was just so insanely empty. And I can't, I can't, I can't explain it. I think I've probably explained the best I can. But it was so important that we saw that. Um, and sorry to have taken the last almost 10 minutes purely to speak myself. But... Uh, I just wanted to try and go through it and cover what was there, but um, yeah, how 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 do you even answer this? But how was everyone else's experience there? <clears throat> I think you've 
done an excellent job of summing it up, to be honest. And I'm glad you did talk about it for that long because I, I wouldn't have been able to give it as much credit as it's due as you did. It was, yeah, humbling. Um, yeah, just definitely came out of it feeling quite empty, I would say. Like like you said, like just didn't really know what to what to feel, but I'm definitely glad we did it. Like you have to do it, I think, to understand, as you were saying, what that whole country has has gone through. Um yeah. Even just li- listening to you talk about it again was like hard. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Um, that was actually the second time I had done it, and I tell you, it still hits you just hard the second time, as it does the first. Um, going through it all and reminding yourself of what had happened and all the stories you've seen before, and that by the end with the kids is just, it's just oh, an emotional wreck. Just at the end. That yeah. That was really hard. But yeah, you, you have you have to go and see that to understand the people of Rwanda, the drive that they have now, and what they've done with the country. It's absolutely it's amazing what they've overcome and That's come out the other side. <clears throat> it's so one admirable. One of the things that amazed me was um uh. Uh, in that kind of first corridor where basically took you step through by step through the genocide once you got to the end of it there was a section on forgiveness and how they um put um uh people who were committing the genocide through these kind of like um trials where they were asked to um repent from their crimes and then oftentimes if they were truly sorry they were given a second chance to almost build this new Rwanda because the entire like ideology behind Rwanda at the moment is that this is this is past. We are Rwanda now, we are Rwandis, and yeah. all we're looking towards is the future. And so it was amazing even reading the word forgiveness when you're thinking about what had happened and it was so fresh. Like there were they that that was like within a couple of years they were doing those kind of trials and I was amazed that they were able to kind of not move on but uh, find the kind of strength to kind of like face face these people and um, offer them redemption in a way. You raise a really good point there Paul there was one point <clears throat> I've probably spoke on the podcast that I don't strictly have an issue with religion, but I have a problem with the whole concept of worship. And it's probably led me to be not anti-religion, but just in no way a backer of it. And I know we have people in this call that are, but I think the closest I've been to considering it was in that room. When I was like, if this is an ability to forgive this, then if religion can create that, that is so powerful. I almost then also found myself disagreeing with it more in that I was like, that shouldn't ever, ever be forgiven. 
but if you're one of those people that has suffered and can forgive, what position am I to say that? And I think I really, really question myself from a moral stance, from a everything. And I, I've said this in the, the last thing, I don't know what I felt. Um, yeah. It needed to happen, but it was a, a life-changing two hours. And I think yeah. it probably speaks volumes how 20 minutes ago <clears throat> we were all in stitches having a laugh about Tanzania and we probably will be again in 20 minutes about Rwanda. But it just changed you. Mm. It just did. <laughs> um, and for those of you listening, it maybe took a turn you didn't expect there, but... I think we needed to sort of probably approach it with the severity that we did uh, to then maybe have for you to maybe realise the impact that it's had on the country and to see how positive and progressive it is now, um, which we will move on to. The, the next thing for us, and I will hold up my hand and say I never actually really got to meet Charlotte, who was with us at this point, because you didn't. And Charlotte, if you're listening, it was not because of you. We met you later on, which was lovely to have a chat. Um, nothing else mattered. <laughs> I didn't care about you five. I didn't care about me. I didn't care. I didn't know what I cared about. And unfortunately, because you were there that day, Charlotte, we never really got to talk to you. But one thing that I really did care about, and later on in the week, we did get to experience, but I didn't, I didn't care about at this point, was um, trying Rwandan cuisine. And uh, it was a lovely little place, a gorgeous, gorgeous little restaurant where we sat in with a sort of wood finalised decor and I got to have some of my famed pineapple and citron Fanta. Um, and we tried uh, a lovely spicy soup. We tried, uh, oh, what was it? The yams. Uh, <laughs> the, the yams. <laughs> I love this thing that I sang about yams, but yes, I loved, I loved the yams. Actually, what, it was probably the one thing in the two weeks I wasn't a fan of was the yams. You know that. Um, Katie, so, yeah. yam is sweet potato. Katie, yam sweet potato. You love it. Oh, I love sweet potato. Pile it on your plate. Yeah, so, it does yeah. not taste like sweet potato. Yeah. And peanut sauce. No, and nothing nothing like sweet potato. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it is nothing like it. Nothing. No. Um, it's as close to sweet potato as a tamarillo as a tomato. <laughs> um, but we we got there and we went with with at this point we're with Bernard and John and um, we didn't really see much more of John for the rest of the week but Bernard became a brother uh, what a lovely lovely guy he was our DJ he was our compliment giver um, he was just an all round fantastic guy and we absolutely loved him um, but I, I I'm going to have to pass on to you guys because I can't remember I cannot remember what was next that day that must have only been 12 o'clock, 2 o'clock maybe. So I think what I'd say, so obviously, like you say, I wrote the report for that day. It took me over a week to write it. I think that kind of says the most of the things. We're going to have to pass back to you the walls because I can't believe you've forgotten this. So first of all, what I would like to say about the food, I was really glad that we got to go back to this restaurant because it was absolutely delicious, but none of us had any sort of appetite really. We were all just kind of a bit some everything was very somber there was a lot of, like we were obviously doing a lot of reflecting the food delicious i'm glad we got to go back other days though mm -hmm. after that though we headed to speak with 
agri influencers. Oh yeah, yeah. So we did. did. I forgot that. <laughs> I know, and it, it was a shame. I felt really, it, it went really, really well. And Wallace did an amazing job um, of speaking to everyone. And we spoke a lot about um, kind of like the business side of being an influencer in agriculture, like things like podcasting, things like that. And it was really good. Do I wish it was on a different day? Probably. But we didn't have, we had a very limited time in Rwanda. So we just had to go with the flow. There was a, a massive amount of structure in Rwanda which was obviously a flip to what we'd been used to in Tanzania. I really enjoyed it, but it was very much a, we knew what we were doing pretty much every single day, but it, the agri-influencer part of that day was really, really good, but it was a shame that we literally came from the Genocide Memorial, had a really kind of, a really nice lunch, but obviously very somber, and then we went straight to that. Um, but it was really good fun. We met a lot of fantastic people, um, and yeah, I thought it was really good. Um, they were all really keen to learn, which was always good. Um, Wallace, you were kind of the lead for it. Shot. I... <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. One thing to mention, oh, sorry, Lindsay, just quickly on that. Jane mentioned she wrote the report on that. Please read it. I can't, oh. I mean, read them all. Prob- there's entertaining ones in there there's daft ones there's a bit of crack there's a bit of fun there's a bit of emotion read that one read the first day in Rwanda Jane sent me it um, whenever it was that she did complete I can't remember uh, and I saw it about 11 o'clock at night I was going to bed and I was like I'll read that in the morning I'm not joking when I say I woke up in the morning I kind of wanted 20 minutes to read it because I knew it was going to be like that um, and yeah I cried reading it not going to lie it was so intense and um, so accurate, so well written, uh, and there's a part about me at the end because I was doing this and I forget, completely forgotten. I don't even remember it. It was well written as well. It was really nice, but the the first part is so good. So please, please do go read that. And the Ag Influencer Day was great. Um, we just had arranged this in it with with Sakina, who is um, the chairperson of uh, the Royal Youth Agribusiness Forum, with a few other folk. I, the, I can't remember everyone's name. Um, one person I do remember is Jean-Claude Nimiyagabo. And the reason I remember Jean-Claude's name is uh, we were in there and you know, you see someone, you recognize them. You're like, nah, nah, I can't, it's impossible. And why would I know this person? <laughs> um, and then you're talking for a bit and I was like, well, tell us about, they, they, they spoke about ag influencing in such a positive manner, which I kind of wish we did here. Um, we just see it as a bit of a crack, a bit of crack, but I, as I've said on the podcast before, I've written a PhD proposal on how we can utilise this for the, the sector and stuff. And they're doing that. They're, they're, they're really seeing it as that. But there is no monetization streams. And, and what I was talking about was that. But when we read everyone and it was like, oh, I've got 69,000 followers. And I'm like, could I? Nah, can't. Doesn't matter. And then at the end, I'd done my talk and that was fine. And uh, we all put like... Uh, our, our handles and all that sort of thing up uh, to say and I added them and realised that who I'm sure a lot of you are listening Claire Taylor followed them and I realised they were both in the same thing and they bumped into Sue Nuffield so it was a really that was weird that was like a proper that was weird up. yeah chances of that they're actually they're both out in Tanzania together right now yeah yeah exactly. yeah um, that looks class what they're doing at the minute they're properly looks, looks a bit better organised <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> um, 
yeah, so that was that was our first date. It was rough, and Paul has just reminded me of a very quick note well, in Tanzania. Sorry, Lindsay. Sorry. Are you not going to talk about our dinner that night? <laughs> what well, what size dinner for four? What size did you have? <laughs> oh, fantastic. Right, yes, I will. Um, the one thing I'll make a quick note about Tanzania before I forget was on 2.7 kilometres from Ingardoto, which was our hotel, was a sign that said 2.7 kilometres away. <laughs> the reason I'm saying that, you'll realise in a minute. We were 2.9 kilometres away from Ingardoto Hotel, Mountain Lodge, I should say. And there was this almighty bang <laughs> where a car hit it in the back right of our safari bus, right? Pretty rapidly. I mean, as it happened, there was a lot of screams. It was kind of worrying. We're like, oh my God, is everyone okay? The screams were, <laughs> you were screaming. You and Oscar were screaming. Jane and I were like, what's happened? I, I actually wouldn't, but I'd be willing to accept it. I'd be willing to accept I did. I absolutely did. I just woke up. Wallace, <laughs> that, that, high, that high pitched voice came out again. I yeah, it did. But it pretty rapidly transpired as we continued to drive on and not take insurance details, as Paul said, wasn't necessary because the car we'd been hit by was the other safari car. <laughs> And the screams were from our lovely Finnish friends. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I just thought I'd mention that because I thought it was funny we haven't mentioned that. But, yeah, Lindsay does remind us of another story. Um, we went this lovely golf course, which I went to wee walk for to see if I could find any grasshoppers. And um, when we'd ordered the food, that was fine. And I saw this... Uh, no, I should probably see what I ordered, actually. Um, everyone ordered something relatively normal. Lindsay played a game with Regis that made no sense. Um, and... <laughs> Um, I don't think it was a game. I think it was just made up in the sport, actually. 100%. Regis, if you're listening, and I know you are, I know you're going to listen to this at some point. You made that up. You said, I do this, Lindsay, you follow. So you were going to win anyway because she had to keep following. It doesn't matter. It's <laughs> um, there was a, a was it 1.4 kilo? No, no, that was the big one. I never had that. I had the, or did I have that? I can't have had that. Anyway, let's see. Let's, 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 I think that's where the four comes from. I, put, I did put in the report 1.4. They did have a <laughs> well, one. You know what? I it was a meal was for right. four. Yeah, exactly. Let's go. <laughs> it was a meat platter that served four. It had a lovely piece of halibut that the outside was delicious <laughs> and the middle wasn't great, but that doesn't matter. Um, really nice ribs, unlike the chicken rib cage that Lindsay had, real ribs. Um, about four steaks, uh, three lamb chops, and I've definitely oh um, the the chicken kebab thing. I can't remember what it's called. Brush brush it up. I can't remember. Anyway, it was quite a portion. And I ordered this, and the lady goes, "Oh, sorry, sir, that's for four. And I said, "No, no, I'm quite a big man. That's fine. No worries." Um, and she said, she sort of looked me up and down and sort of agreed, to be honest. And then um, she said, "There's sides with it." And I said, "Oh, ideal. I'll have some chips. That'll probably go to the table." And <laughs> she then goes, oh, sorry, it's two sides. And I was like, oh, perfect. And just as I went to look at the menu, she again looked me up and down and said, maybe you should go for the vegetables, sir. As she wrote vegetables down. <laughs> oh, that's um, so funny. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and, um, and who who exactly ate the vegetables, Wallace? 
Yeah, well, I didn't want to get porkly, Katie. I'm not having that much calories. <laughs> um, I ate your vegetables. Peppers. <laughs> no, it was, was it not just cooked peppers? Peppers and onions. Yeah. It was like... Oh, onions. Sorry. Salt, and, salt and chilli chicken without the chicken. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was really, they were lovely vegetables, to be fair. They were. They were good. I had one. <laughs> <laughs> one slice of onion. Just in front of the waitress, like, mmm, delicious. <laughs> vegetables. Delicious. And, uh, oh, funny. We, did, we did spend a lot of time in the pool in Rwanda because there was a full pool. It was great fun. <laughs> Some of you may have seen the famous TikTok. Uh, and uh, we had a good time there. Room service, drinks coming to pool and whatnot. It was all good fun. Um, I guess we don't need to speak about that for too much. But was it the next day we headed to see the love of one of the people in this calls life Christian? Right. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Christian yeah, the baby farmer. Ding dong. Stop. Ding dong. Stop. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> to be fair, he was giving her the eye at the end of the trip. He was giving her the eye. When we yeah, when we was when he poured, he poured you that juice, remember? Oh yeah, he did. Tomato he juice. That juice. The tomato juice. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So Lindsay, you can take this one because do you know what? I'll give you a little bit of um, intro to this, uh, Lindsay can take it as bad choice of words for this. Um, we had been to quite a few trips throughout the previous maybe 10 days. We're probably talking a few, right? And we'd all sort of ask questions here and there. <coughs> led the th- Lindsay must have asked about 40. Um, we were getting to the stage, I was like, Lindsay, it doesn't matter what colour the sand is, so we can talk. Uh, <laughs> Lindsay, tell us about Isa and Isa. <clears throat> Right, Wallace, oh, that is atrocious. Stop calling me out like that. That is not what happened. I was genuinely interested in what he was doing. Mm. And we, hadn't even, mm. we hadn't even set foot in a um, in a greenhouse yet. <laughs> no, we hadn't moved in like 20 minutes. <laughs> like, what, are you single? Are you like all these <laughs> What are you doing Stop. tonight? Oh, like things like that. You just happened to turn up at lunch as well. I mean, yeah, right. exactly. Christian about <laughs> ten times at this stage had said, "We'll go have a look inside." And Lindsay's like, "God, your shirt's tight." A question. <laughs> um, sorry, Lindsay. On you go. On you go. What? <laughs> hey, that is. I've lost concentration now. <laughs> you did that day as well. Sorry. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I can't even remember the name of the farm. God, thank you. Grow well, um, Wiley. Care so yes, So we landed in the Christian's farm, Strawberry Hydroponic Farming, um, and it was actually really interesting. Although you're all slagging me off right now, I feel like I was asking good, valuable questions. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. you were. There's a lot of nodding. Yep. Um, yeah, no, it was really good. And what was actually really interesting was he studied, was it psychology, Wallace? Business? Yeah, or something like business. Did, business. Was it not like business, business with psychology? psychology. Business and psychology. Yeah, business with psychology um, in America. I can't remember where. Um, he studied this in America and then came back to Rwanda and then got into agriculture. He wasn't like associated with it at all. Um, but now he was a, a board member of RIA, 
that right? That's right, yeah. yeah. Um, so no, it was it was really interesting. Um, I've totally, you've totally, <laughs> like, yeah, um, I'm flustered. I'm glad you're asking questions, <laughs> like, like you need uh, I was just distracted by the man, to be honest. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. Thank you. <laughs> Paul's got my yeah. back. I feel like you need a bit. You need a bit of help, feeling. <laughs> yeah. Someone dig me out of this hole. Um, yeah, so I didn't report that day, so I actually kind of remember it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Christian had started with growing cherry tomatoes and bell pepper and was looking for his in in the agri world and something to grow and sell when he realised there was a serious lack of berries for sale or eating in Rwanda. Um, so he concentrated on growing strawberries and that to today, I think it was five years later or something, was what he was growing in all three of his greenhouses. Two of his greenhouses? It was three, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so what, he, what he's aimed to do was to make strawberries a basic ingredient in everyday life or something you walk into and see in the shop straight away. Um and I would say, from my point of view, he was doing a very good job of it. He'd managed to get um, bakers, local bakers, using strawberries and putting it more into their ingredients. He was in hotels, and hotels were using it more in their, their menu and actually starting a demand for it. He had a lot of local customers who were feeding berries to their young kids. Um, so, in, in my opinion, if you head back there in 20 years, I think he'll have started a whole generation eating strawberries and it will be, I think he'll do exactly what he planned and he will make it an everyday thing like it is over here. There's always strawberries um, in the shops. But one of the amazing things was that um, he could actually harvest every single day, mm. um, which is brilliant. The, he spoke about how the weather and the climate and everything was perfect where he was in the area and how he could harvest every day. Which was probably the that yeah, really shocked me because I asked the question twice and you were like yes and I'm like but but how? <laughs> <laughs> yeah you weren't for believing it actually were you <laughs> I was I was so shocked to it. I was so impressed by that there was also um, a really small fact this in fairness but there was a crop that looked like samphire um, in a, a sort of hedge form at this place and I'd asked what it was and I can't remember the name of it. I've, got a post on instagram where a lot of people told me um but it could be used as plastics and the way i took it was that inside of the crop i guess was almost like a solway plastics type business that some people were doing it was really cool um and at this point uh, there was quite a lot of graduates there uh, i can't actually remember the name of the university but quite a lot of graduates there that were mm. um some were actually keen, one was really keen to do a master's at SRUC, but they were asking us a few questions about, you know, studying in Scotland and stuff, which was which was really interesting. And I think we all actually got their numbers and kept in touch. I've messaged three of them, um, one of which Jane loved because he went by Trent because he was a massive Trent Alexander-Arnold fan who Jane obviously loves as a Liverpool fan. Um, I hope you've kicked your feet up and got comfy and enjoying another fantastic episode of the R2 cast with another really interesting guest. I would just like to quickly take another second to plug the sponsors of the show today, The Scottish Farmer, and I would strongly advise you to go out and pick one up this week and see even more of the fantastic people that are in our industry. We then headed to a restaurant where we had 
like ordered her food and I don't think I've had nicer food in my life. It was amazing. And Lindsay really enjoyed a beer. Uh, there is a fantastic video, an absolutely fantastic video of Lindsay trying a beer. And uh, well, basically, I'm lying. I have basically. tried a beer before. That makes it seem like I've never tried Oh, yeah, a so beer. it does. That's no. not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, we had both tried to order like the local lager. Um, Lindsay had somehow managed to get a local lager, and I was on... <laughs> Like it, I can only describe it as like an IPA or something, or, or some sort of heavy. Like it was not the lager that I was looking for. It but was Lindsay heavy. Did, <laughs> Lindsay did try it. <laughs> the, I'm surprised you enjoyed that meal, Wallace. Was it not a bit tough to get your mouth around? <laughs> <laughs> yes. What was it? What was it? You're very smart, my yeah, go on, Jane. Give us the joke you gave I've us. I've been doing this. I've been doing this impression to everyone. So my joke was, let me do my impression of Wallace sticking <laughs> his tongue out, which is... Which those of you listening can't see, but she's Didn't doing move. nothing. Because the joke is... Well, it's not a joke. I have a tiny mouth. And the sandwiches, <laughs> the sandwiches in Rwanda were huge. a huge... Genuinely massive, and yeah. I could not. And I without squeezing the sandwiches, I could not get my mouth around them. So I was getting honestly at this point. This might sound like a really weird conversation for like us five people to be having, but at this point, there was there was no limit to the weirdness. Nothing. It was no. <laughs> We're all very close now. We actually at this point saw everyone's tongues because we wanted to see the length of everyone's. <laughs> And I won't out anyone, but unless they want to open up and say about it, but there's some per one person in this call with an ungodly long tongue, and it is so cool. Um, they also do a very it's good okay, Irish you can out me. <laughs> <laughs> I take that back, you can't out me. <laughs> um, it's not happening, I win. Nations. No, unfortunately, there's no video in this, Katie, unfortunately, but uh, I'm sure he could have worked out a way to get that if we needed. But uh, yeah, the remainder of the day, Regis was very worried about Katie because she hadn't had enough sleep. So we, we had a bit of a, a sort of casual evening that night uh, from memory, unless I've got the wrong night, but it doesn't matter. Um, was the next day the day we headed to the second hydroponic place with... Uh, yeah, Jackson, that's right, yeah. Yeah. Um, Jackson. The pharmacist. That's Jackson right. Pharmacist. Lindsay made a friend. I was so excited. Um, I am a pharmacist in Scotland, but I was so excited when he told me he was a pharmacist. I was like, oh my gosh. But actually, I don't know why I was surprised because how many pharmacies <laughs> were there in Rwanda? There was literally more <laughs> pharmacies than people. Amount of an ungodly amount of work out there for me. Amount. Good God. <laughs> That was the morning we were presented with our lovely t-shirts that fit so, so well, Wallace. Yes. The, 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 yes. So there's no video on this, right? But uh, two of us really didn't fit our shirts. I think it's fair to say we tried. But I, I, didn't <laughs> I think it's obvious to know what two it was. <laughs> I've just realised this was also the day of the Rwandan Chad brand. 
The what? <laughs> the, the Rwandan trad band. There was a oh, lot yeah. going on in this day. My God, that was a busy day. So we were based pretty much, well, we're pretty much, we're based Kigali. in Kigali, um, which is kind of south central, I believe. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this day we went north. Now, Rwanda's not a massive country. It's maybe the size of, I don't know, in fairness, I think it's similar to Scotland. Uh, uh, yeah, Scotland. But it doesn't matter. It's not massive. But we went pretty north, maybe like three and a half hours. But this day was, Regis was driving. And uh, what a day we had. I genuinely, the funniest thing was Regis is driving. I mean, he's obviously used to driving in Rwanda. He's Rwandese. Um but uh, we went north, that was fine. We did that uh, chat with Jackson. Jackson took us around, he was a pharmacist, took us around uh, what was a hydroponic system. Very much more, a, a, maybe fair to say, a primitive example of what we have here. Um, sort of growing barley shorts, maize shorts, and using them as, as, as nutrition. I've seen a, a very similar system um, before, uh, but it was amazing to see it in a different, a different sort of climate, uh, which was really cool. And where this was, Rwandan, sorry, Rwanda is known as the land of a thousand hills. And here was where you realised and a thousand smiles, yeah. which was actually quite funny. And we'll get on to that story in a second because Jane tried to make me sing that and say that and I got it completely wrong. But you really noticed at this point, you we, this farm was on a hill, like a hill. Um, and the view from over it was amazing. But um, he took us around that, showed us how that system worked, which was really good. Um, and when we went up to get back in the car, uh, I haven't actually mentioned this, but QMS, and thank you to QMS for this, thank you to Laura at QMS for this, gave us a bunch of t-shirts, and we gave t-shirts out as we went through Tanzania and Rwanda. Uh, Katie actually got a bag to bring them, uh, we brought so many, um, and at this point there was a bunch of kids just sort of walking around the road, which was very normal, um, and we gave a budget, which was really nice. I think they mainly spoke French. I don't think they in English, um, but we got a nice photo of them, which was really cool. Uh, but then we headed on to what we heard was, I think what we had was a dairy, which was absolutely accurate. It was a dairy farm. And uh, we got to a town which we just had never actually been in before. Basically, if you're heading north in Rwanda, you can go left and head for Congo or right and head for Uganda. Uganda and Rwanda got on well. Congo, I think it'd be fair to say, uh, governmentally, do not like Rwanda. I don't think Rwanda strictly have a problem with Congo, apart from their dislike for them. Um, but there's not diplomatic relations there. So there was no real need to go left. We just had never really been that way. He would often go to Uganda. But he got to this town and he was like, oh, wow, this is really, this is quite forward. This is uh, quite a fancy town. He was, say, he was saying to Paul and I in the sort of front. And um, we came into what was just a little just a little house in the uh, in the town and uh, there was a few folk gathering when they saw us came off the, the bus and uh, saying hello waving and whatever and uh, we went in with a wee chat as to how they make ghee and um they showed us a really really um uh, cool thing we were using seeds i think it was sorghum seeds to turn it into a paste uh, and whatnot and that was great and i'm not going to say this guy's name unless i can find out my contacts as i go um but uh he gave us a wee chat and then we get given a lovely hat. And I thought, oh, a nice wee hat. Like, similar to a cowboy hat, that sort of thing. Uh, really quite cool. And then um, he proceeded to give us a staff, like a big sort of like Gandalf stick, um, which was quite cool. And we're starting to think, Jinx, what's, what's going on here? Uh, and then we were given a tartan rug, right? Now, <laughs> this was hot. I think it was the hottest 
day yeah. we had the best day. thing was we just said up north it was cooler. Oh, cooler. <laughs> Maybe thirty. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> it was hot. Like it was. It was hot. It's ungodly. That's what it was. It was. It was. It was the exact term. I almost died. <laughs> and I've just that hell was a killer. It was rough. It was rough. Um, I just checked the guy's name. Ajide Shima. Uh, Ajide was a really nice guy. Uh, but we put this bloody rug on in this beaming heat, and we walked outside. And I promise you. Everyone, listened. I promise you, they were taking the piss. Yeah. Everyone was laughing at us. No one had ever worn these before. I'm sure. Of it. Um, I think they, they actually were, bought them specifically for us. <laughs> they were in perfect condition. Like they really were. They'd never been on before. Anyway, they were definitely for us. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And then we jumped in the car, and then we realised we were short of fuel. So I was hoping um, you would mention this. <laughs> There was a lovely lady at the side of the road with some bottles of what I guess was diesel. Uh, so that was one way to get our fuel. Um, we had a chat with some kids there at the, 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 the road and having a bit of crack about football and stuff, and that was fine. And then it was time to go to the farm that was a short trip away. Um, that <laughs> short trip was going through a quarry the size of the Amazon rainforest that on two occasions... Now, we said... In the UK, this would not happen. There was bits of road that just could not be covered. You couldn't take the car on it. I'm sure we just would have happily, but we couldn't. And we just sort of just waved to someone. The grader just came down and made a road for us. It was amazing, right? Away we went. Perfect. Just what you need. We eventually got there. It generally did take us quite some time. Um, we got there. It was some stunning views. At this point, it felt like Switzerland would probably be a good example, sort of like especially with the dairy cattle sort of roaming around. And then we had a sort of short walk <clears throat> down a hill uh, coming to this area with 15 cows that they said they get 10 litres out of a day, and they didn't. Maybe, <laughs> maybe six they, on a really they good are day. made up numbers 100%. <laughs> well, like, I think we asked, and I think it was just like 10. <laughs> that sounds like a good round number to tell you. I think we, we probably, they, they did have, um, um, what was it? Was it a German family? Yeah, it was a German family. Yeah. You know, I've actually just remembered now because their son was a professional footballer and I wanted to look him up. Um, but their son's friend, sorry, the basketballer's oh, friend, friend is playing uh, football. That's what it is. Um, but you sort of, it was it was like a a, a, a pretty mediocre fence surrounding a, um, a, a fire, remember, and 30-odd degree heat, we're wearing half a fucking sheep and there's a fire, <laughs> right? But the reason I'm sort of painting this... The fire, oh my gosh! It was, when we, it was when we descended and we could see the smoke and we were like, what is going Why? on? Why? What is going on? And then... Joined the cult. The, you, the boys drank, so they were giving us milk and cups that was warm, and the boys were just naturally throwing it back. Bernard tried to tell me this was his favourite drink ever. <laughs> One thing Jim Montgomery said, do not drink the milk. And the he never said food. hot milk, though. Milk yeah, is milk. <laughs> milk is milk, okay? And it's on the side of a hill, and you're throwing it back like it's Highland Spring water. 
Okay. <laughs> Don't bring it up, sir. Bonnie can tell we, I finally had to admit to Jim what they'd done, and he literally said, I specifically told him. <laughs> <laughs> it was fresh out the cow. The cow chugged it like it was a can of iron brew. He them with medicine. <laughs> no. The corn was good, though. They were cooking corn on the fire. It was really good. I was See, this that. is a. This is actually where we disagree. I really didn't enjoy that. You didn't like yeah. corn. It was really good. I really no, liked I, it. I do like corn. I do like corn. I just didn't like... We saw that... Oh, Rwanda like, corn. No, apparently not. We saw that in Tanzania and Rwanda, just fired corn. Uh, but was there quite, was so much but, corn in the country, so that's why. Well, yeah, every, every inch of road in Tanzania. Why put, it a, wasn't pa- road. Why put a pavement in when you can grow corn? <laughs> no brainer. Completely. It no was brainer. amazing. Wow. Um, what was, yeah, the reason I was sort of painting that slightly primitive picture was right next to, I mean, like 10 metres away from where we were sat at the fire, was what looked like a pretty fancy and pristine dairy system. You know, and by dairy, I don't mean parlour. Mm. I mean, I'm not going to say pasteuriser because I'm almost certain it won't be that, but something. No. Uh, I don't know what it was. And I did ask, and I don't think they quite understood uh, what I was asking, which was fine. Um, but we then sort of sat down and we had some games. We all had sticks, which we didn't realise were implements in the games we were to expect. And the first uh, first game was sit two sticks and then put a stick on top, essentially a high jump. Paul obviously floated over it like he did with everything, done everything perfectly. <laughs> um, I did not. Uh, we then uh, did uh, a game that I thought was just a bit of crack, but the only thing cracking was our bones because when... They gave you these staffs. They started jumping around and pretend to hit each other. And then I started to realise it was actually quite real. <laughs> um, so that was quite a fun game. We heard Regis scream when Lindsay attacked him a couple of times. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> you scream. I screamed big time as well, actually. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'll accept that one. Yeah. I will accept that one. And then uh, a skipping rope. And after that, we had some songs. A really fun song, actually, as we sat by the fire, which was... He um, Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God, because otherwise I would have got a chill. Honestly, so cold. We were so cold. Sweet heat, you know. Oh. Uh, and then it was time to milk the cows, and I was—I thought this was amazing. Um, I was—I think my reservations coming to something like this was: I don't think the welfare is going to be very good here, and that wasn't the case. Um, they walked up, the cattle were used to this. There was one thing, which we'll tell you in a minute, that was maybe a bit choice, but uh, the, they just tied in a figure of eight uh, a rope in no way tightly. It was not tight in the slightest because I literally felt it to see what it felt like. On their back, uh, just around it, they're sort of above um, above the knee, I guess, uh, on top of the legs, and they just stood. There was not, They weren't restrained or anything like that. It was just almost like a, a, a thing just in case you got kicked. And he just sat under it and milked away, and Mm-hmm. Katie had a fun incident um, where she... <laughs> can I say what Katie said? I don't know if I can. Um, maybe not. Maybe we'll leave that to the the, uh, the imagination. But Katie was uh, um, p- p- pleased by someone. Anyway, uh, there was... Wallace, you didn't get kicked, but you did get flicked in the face oh, by the tail. Oh, you did. You did. No. It was so good. It was the bit. You get an absolute belt out of a slap. <laughs> Oh, that was a good one. Yeah. It was that actually was quite a sore, in I forgot about that. I wish there was a photo of that. Um, <laughs> Me too. But we, 
We built, we got a wee photo, and I'm guessing if you're listening to this podcast, the photo on it will be the photo of us uh, with the cattle there because it was it was quite something. But one cow needed a jag. Now, <laughs> oh, no. if, given the circumstance, I think it would be something like an estrumate or a um, enzoprost, something like that. You know, something's been impregnated too soon and they want to get rid of it. The guy, the guy only spoke. I think the word is kiasurolandin. I think's the term, um, but it was just standing there happy, just standing there happy. You could have gone up and given it a jag, and I don't think it would have batted an eyelid. They just decided to chase it. <laughs> <laughs> um, three of them, three of them. Yeah, exactly. Um, I feel made like it, they made it so much harder for themselves than they had to. It was quite entertaining, though. <laughs> it was. It was quite enjoyable. It was like, what is happening right now? Um, and then, yeah, we walked back up the hill, which was much more difficult than down the hill, but uh, still really nice views at this bit. Um, and then we got back and met a bunch of uh, what I assume was quarry workers. We gave some T-shirts out, had a wee chat, um, and it was time to go home, which led to what I think to be the funniest moment of the whole trip was I had started a, a positive it was something to do with dust because I don't normally laugh like this but I'd started laughing a bit like <laughs> it's like Jimmy Carr right like Jimmy Carr it was a bit wasn't it and uh, <laughs> I was there going at this <laughs> and uh, Katie had thought this would be funny to get on camera, which in fairness it absolutely would have been. And Katie was sat in the passenger seat. I was sat behind the driver, so she was sort of trying to film a sort of selfie video, if you will. And Regis, the driver, thought, oh, that's a selfie, right? So he jumps in, tries to get in the photo, completely forgetting he's in charge of a vehicle with eight of us on it. Um, looking like this, oh, you can't see me, but sort of jumping to the side and trying to sort of get in the photo. And then we went over... <laughs> we hit a boulder like I mean a boulder we just called it a stone it was not it was not <laughs> it would have been the size of probably bigger than Wallace's head the size oh, of much the- bigger oh but the best part is that Katie's video stops and it's just me, like, realising what is about three seconds away from happening. And just be like, just the horror in my face and the video cuts there. That's it. It's hilarious. He's literally so in, funny. in this, trying to get this picture. It's hilarious. It's <laughs> so funny. Oh, my God. And, and then the gentle... He played it, though. He was like, it wasn't even that bad. And we're like... Mm. <laughs> well seen and it wasn't his car he was driving. Well, then this was it. I said the next morning, I was like, oh, Regis, is your car right? And he's like, no, no, it doesn't matter. It's not mine. <laughs> uh, yeah. To which he then said, two days later, I was shocked they charged us an extra $100. It must have been the miles we drove. I'm like, maybe the big hole <laughs> in the bottom of the car? <laughs> maybe the new engine they need to buy for it. I thought it was interesting, though. They must not have to return it with any sort of fuel in it. Because we stopped on that on that drive home we must have stopped like you would have put the bare minimum of fuel in twice to get us back so you must not have to take it back but also that drive back was absolutely hilarious because it got to eight o'clock now bearing in mind we must have did we leave at seven in the morning yeah we were still in that car at eight o'clock at night thinking jackpot he told us we'd be home by eight we're like regis how long oh at least an hour 
Great. Fantastic. As we are sweating, <laughs> like I had the worst cramp of my life in my leg because I had to keep, <laughs> Wallace, you would have been in the, so was it Bernard? It was Bernard, me, you. Yeah. And I had to just keep kicking you because I had to try and stretch my leg out because the cramp was so bad in my left leg. Here, like, hmm? Bernard came into his own that night. His DJing was on point. <laughs> And I was still quite proud of my um, my two. What was that song that he put on for Jane? <laughs> yeah, what was it, Jane? It was "Beautiful Girls" by Sean Kingston. <laughs> <laughs> he dedicated it to Jane. He was <laughs> sorry. Emotional. What can I say? And uh, do you know you've reminded me of another minor story from? Tanzania, just a tiny one, because I was I was sleeping, wasn't I? And you were like trying to kick me out of the way in that car when you got cramp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's reminded me of I I didn't sleep for a long period as we left Scotland originally. Like I didn't sleep in the uh, layover. I didn't sleep on the plane. Only on the third plane, <coughs> sorry, the second plane, right at the end or maybe about halfway through, I managed to get about 10 minutes, right? We're probably at like 42 hours at this stage or something. And I managed to sort of doze off at one point. And Jane actually probably felt bad. Maybe she didn't, maybe she loved it. But um, <laughs> <laughs> the the lady was coming up with the, the food, the, 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 the sky waitress. And uh, Jane, <laughs> Jane sort of tapped my shoulder and was like, well, it's like, wake up, wake up, wake up, the person's coming. And I woke up, I just sort of came to just as the lady comes and she goes, um, oh, chicken or beef. And I was so tired. I went, <laughs> Wallace. <laughs> I had no idea what was happening. Um, what did you get given, chicken or beef? I think, did I have the oh, chicken? No. You, you, There was only one chicken left, so you gave it to me and you took beef, I think. That's right. Hmm. I always make sure to treat my wife. Um, <laughs> the... Wallace is a big beef cake. <laughs> The, I don't think I'm missing anything on that day. The next morning was actually the reason we were in Rwanda. Is that right? Was that, I think it was. Maybe it was the next day. Well, yeah, I suppose so. It was all relevant. Well, oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. yeah, yeah. it was all like meeting. But that was probably like the most business day. Like yeah. we had stuff to like. We it was like important stuff we had to do that day. The official stuff. Yeah. Which uh, oh we. we when did we go to the games room? When was that? Was that this day? That was this day. That was this yeah. day. The afternoon. That was so, afternoon. Yeah, that, yeah, that was Thursday. <laughs> the day started too hot. So Rwanda was much hotter than Tanzania. The, the temperature we were having at the time of filming in Scotland, and maybe you guys will disagree, but certainly what we experienced today is much hotter than we experienced in Tanzania, apart from in the urban areas like in rural Tanzania Scotland at the minute is hotter it's hot in Scotland at the minute but Rwanda was hot like it was hotter it was also much more urban so the heat felt hotter um, <clears throat> but the the next day was um, quite official we actually met with um, the the sort of food and farming policy lead I guess in the government I can't remember the exact term don't know if anyone can um, but he, he sort of came and, and watched over our agreement being signed between RYAF and SAYFC where Jane and Sakina um, signed um, the partnership and got we all got some nice photos and whatnot. And we had we'd brought some fancy sort of nice dress, if you will. And 
I struggled. <laughs> uh, I was wearing like a full three piece, three three puss. That's not a thing. Three piece sweet, sweet. No, three piece suit. Three puss sweet is not something we should be talking about. Um, oh my gosh! I think I tried. <laughs> Absolutely. Bye. We were dressed up and it was really warm. We signed that with really nice um, sort of like hors d'oeuvres, I guess, during the, the meeting. And it was good to, to really get to chat to a lot of the young farmers, including Charlotte, that mentioned earlier that unfortunately really didn't speak to on the Monday and, and get a good chat with them and see what was happening. So so that was a good day and it, it made, made our trip sort of official and make sure everything was done correct and what what the remainder of the day was and it was something i'd really really wanted to do because i'd spoke to regis before obviously katie had met him um was see regis's business now regis's business is the carl group and the r and carl c-a-r-l is regis uh, three other people alongside him started this during uni which is basically sweet potato was readily available in in rwanda and uh they I think it would be fair to say still look down on it to a point um, but they've made, basically made a way to make it appealing and they've made it into bread which when I when you hear that you're probably thinking oh sweet potato bread how good could it be it sounds like something that's going to happen whatever it was like a brioche like genuinely it was like it was a really nice bread um, <clears throat> and then also biscuits and stuff like that and they're getting into schools and all this sort of thing and it's amazing and in my head this was going to be ran out of like a major major building a major operation it was run out of a, 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 a pretty small building with definitely chance to expand and they're already sort of looking at a cooling system. Um, but yeah, it was really cool to see, really cool to see that happen. And we had a bit of a go kneading some of the dough, which was quite tricky. Um, and then what was the place we went to see? It was the... Uh, oh, this was terrible. The, you're not getting I'll, a job as a baker. Yes. I used to make bread as well. Um, but the food does... Oh. Not very clearly, well. Clearly. Uh, and then after that, we went to a little games room. We had some fun. I lost 10-0 in FIFA. We played some pool. Absolutely annihilated at FIFA, to be fair. I think he set that up. Danny was that guy's name. I played yeah. the first one. Yeah. yeah. And I beat him. Like, you know, you just felt you were playing someone the same quality of you, and I oh. won. Obviously, Bernard started that game and was taunt, trying to taunt me because it was Liverpool, Chelsea, and then Liverpool won, so it was fine. It was absolutely fine. Um, and then also, you... the, the rules at pool were very different, were they not, Lindsay? I can't remember. There's at one point, so see if you see see if you get two shots. They were trying to tell Lindsay that you could hit any ball with your first shot. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I forgot that actually. Like, there was a like, massive slant on the table. <laughs> yeah, if you get two shots, you could hit her ball out of the way to then hit your ball with your second shot. Oh, that's right. Do you that think that's rules what I, I totally believed him. I was like, oh, okay, no problem. I was like, oh, I didn't know that. You're setting you up. <laughs> yeah, I think it that, was news to me. Really hard again. Yeah, it's like the the um, tartan scarves and hats all over again. <laughs> <clears throat> um, this night we found a treasure in our group and that treasure was the ability of one of our team here, Paul, to sing because we went to a lovely restaurant that was like 
inside and it also had like a kind of sort of open garden outside and it was high enough that you'd have view over Kigali um, and it was at night time so it was really pretty uh, and again they had a fire and a wheelbarrow of all things and um, the it was like an open mic night and we ordered food and we ordered drinks and Lindsay got drunk somehow very quickly Fear <laughs> uh, that second drink was like liquid fuel this, this I think it had nine absinthe in it 100%. Yes. I mean, this establishment <laughs> sold shots called liquid cocaine, so I'm not normally as cheap a date as that. <laughs> there was, was something in the drinks, uh, composition. That was so good. Um, be well played, Paul. Yeah, well played. Well played, well played yeah, well played. I don't think the listeners need to know what that one is. We can no, keep it. Move, 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 move on to Paul's singing. There's lovely singing. So, yeah, it was an open mic night. And just quickly before we get to Paul, there was, was two it guys. An open mic night? Oh, karaoke, I sorry. Like Organised. No, I think it was like open, but like that's yeah. the. Yeah. So it was probably. Like, don't sing unless you're good, basically. Yeah. yeah. And these two guys were insane. I mean, one of the guys' range was insane. Um, and they brought in, so they, they were singing in English, <clears throat> but they brought in a guy who seemed to be quite a big deal in Rwandan, but I, I always get the language wrong. I think it's Saya Rwandan. It's something like that. Um, and everyone was, oh my God, that's pretty cool. This guy was here, he was going on tour and everything like that. Um, and he took a liking to someone in the group <clears throat> um, and serenaded one of our own. And Lindsay Campbell, who was wearing a lovely orange dress that day, and uh, was serenaded. And we found out later what the song was about. What was it? Um, milk. Oh, we can't say it. I thought it was milk. I just remember it went hmm a lot. Uh, yeah. I thought it was about milk and how. But, and we got explained this when we're up the hills. We got explained this up the hills that um like. Traditionally in Rwandan culture, they really kind of treasure like cows and cows. milk. So a lot of their like traditional love songs are comparing women to, to what's cows. precious to them, which is cows milk. or like a really nice calf. So this man sat for <laughs> like three minutes telling Lindsay that she was as precious as milk and she would, he would treat her like a calf. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like I was finding it so funny that I was laughing along so much that everyone else was laughing because they thought I understood what he was singing about but really I was just laughing because I was like this is incredibly awkward even Regis wouldn't tell us that night what it was like he wouldn't we tell us yeah that's right um, oh it was so funny and there was still one amazing singer left. I one person, Lindsay, told us how good a singer Paul was, and we. I had since, since we left Glasgow, I had been raving about Paul singing, and I don't think any of you believe me. And then Stephen, I got to like when he started singing, and I got to watch all your faces. I was like, oh yes! I was like, they're believing it. Lindsay, <laughs> that's so exciting. I'm you remember any of this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, a video of Paul singing and ah. I looked back and I, I watched Wallace's face in the video and I was like, yay! <laughs> he is insane. I mean it, genuinely. Hire this and man. And he's single, ladies. He is. I don't know I looked at the camera Sorry. like that. Yeah. I, had to get, <laughs> I had to get that in there. 
<laughs> yeah, just to, just to confirm it earlier on, Katie said she felt like she was fifth wheeling. There was definitely no like as much as there's been a lot of talk about Jane and Wallace and Paul and I. It's not a thing. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably I good feel like, I feel like that, that needs to go on. <laughs> that, that needs to go on record. Paul not helping. <laughs> I feel uh, that is he probably really good. He watches that video too often. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, so Paul was, yeah, Paul did sign. Very good, very impressive. And we headed back to the hotel that night, and I can't. Oh, was was that was that wasn't the last night, was it? That was the second last night. That was what, the second last night. What's the next day? What am I missing? Um, oh, the, the do you remember we went to uh, Rwanda Niab? Yes. Yeah. 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 And we all love the fridges. Oh yeah. Like four knocks trying to get in though. The security oh, was wild. Like, the car for explosive devices and they yeah. patted us all down, took away mm. all of our, our like, phones. Well, I was barely allowed to keep my glasses on. <laughs> yeah, God. When they, when they walked out where there was rubber, rubber gloves, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> they came to searches and they put on rubber, rubber gloves. <laughs> oh, it was, was so two- funny. There was two of us probably not feeling best about the, the, <laughs> that morning anyway. Um, oh, God. That was ropey. It was. It was. Mm. Um, what was the rest of the date night? Have I mixed up two days? Was that actually when we went to the... Um, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. No. It was Nayib in the store. We had lunch at yeah, that we went yeah. lunch again. Um, yeah. So we had all that, and then it was quite. The then we store. went to the market. We went, yeah, we went, which wasn't open. Then it was, so it was fine. So the, uh, <laughs> so the store was um, uh, all the produce was created by or um, contributed by uh, React members, uh, but it was an interesting mix uh, <laughs> of, on the shelves. It was what, what was like tree tomato jam and spicy chili oil and hair um. products. Chutney, which is all over my jacket now. <laughs> Here, fashion I don't know. Yes. Did anyone try it, actually? Fashion for juice? It's no, I was too scared it exploded in my way home. I left in Rwanda. Mine's in the cupboard, but I don't think anybody's actually tried it yet. <laughs> Are we have to drink it like diluting juice, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I think yeah. so, yeah. I'll go yeah, home yeah. when I leave here and I'll go and try it and I'll let you know. I'll give you a review of it. Excellent. I look forward to it, Jane. I'll be like, Lindsay <clears throat> drinking that beer. My face, I'm just like... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I've been put in contact with someone by the principal at my, principal at my uni who's involved in the uh, skin oil, beard oil one that was there. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. No way. Um, yeah, I know. Really strange. They want to try and do something way so easy. But uh, yeah, anyway. Um, <clears throat> I thought you were put in contact to be one of their beard models. Happily. <laughs> I have tried. A beard it. influencer. Um, <laughs> Sorry, the mouth is too small. <laughs> no, that gives more space for the beard. <laughs> <laughs> You've been done maybe, cold for that, Katie. That just seemed... 
maybe Wallace's beard isn't actually that big. His mouth's just really small. <laughs> I think we've been looking about this. this the whole the wrong way the full time. It's a matter of perspective. Anyway, we went to um, Regis's that night for dinner, which was love Regis's sister's house, and her food was insane. Mm, and it was lovely. Regis had Regis had said the night we met him uh, that there was a big announcement, and. There was. Regis, a really nice announcement, actually. Regis will be, probably at the time of release of this podcast, already be, I think, yes, almost, um, in the UK. He's come to the UK to study, I can't remember exactly, is it sustainable food production and something? I can't remember the exact term. Something uh, like that. Yeah, so he's going to be in the UK, so we're going to let him experience the Highland show. We're going to hopefully show him around. He's not in Scotland, he's in England, but um, we'll definitely make sure to go down and see him and, and bring him up here as well. So that's really nice. So maybe some of you listening <coughs> will actually um, will actually meet him because he's a great guy. He is a nutter, but he's a great guy. And uh, we had some, we did some dancing, Rwandan, Scottish, a bit of fun in the house and just had a really nice chat with, was it G- Gloria, his sister? Um I think it was. Uh, and then just as we were leaving, Regis just demanded his sister must sing. Now, um, <laughs> his sister was a phenomenal singer, but he was like, go, do it, do it. <laughs> like, just sort of sit and watching her. But when she did sing, uh, it really was lovely. And then the next morning was just a quick um, chat, what we thought was just a quick breakfast and chat with RYAF, and it turned into be such an emotional morning because we got lovely gifts from them uh, individually and as a group which was lovely it really was nice and it was one of those wee moments where you probably weren't fully expecting there was maybe maybe a bit of a a, a tear in your eye which was really nice especially if you were saying saying goodbye that day so then yep that was that was Rwanda and it was just as amazing in ta- as Tanzania a completely different experience uh, and yeah, just both two life-changing two life-changing weeks. And it was pretty much plain sailing from there. <laughs> pretty much. Just make sure I'm saying pretty much. Just we did- FYI, it's never plain sailing if Wallace is on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot... That is not phrases that go together at all. So what Lindsay's referring to is we saw lightning out the window, which was really cool. Um, and then we got to Scotland. Uh, not right. I'll just tell you what happened on the plane, okay? What happened was I was sat next to Lindsay. <laughs> Jane and Katie were in front of me, and one in front to the left was Paul, okay? So <clears throat> um, behind me was a long man, very tall man, okay? And I had lost my headphones, so I started to do the typical pushing your feet throughout the front chair, trying to work out if it's there. Then having a wee look under you. Ah, there they are. They've got sort of quite soft finish, shall we say. And uh, then a wee bit of a, a sort of uh, more plastic feel in the middle. So that was great. I felt uh, yeah, a wee squeeze of the, the sort of um, bit that sits on your ear, makes it nice and comfy. And then there's the plastic bit, to which I rapidly realised it was a toenail. And I had been squeezing this lovely long man's toe. <laughs> I then progressed to um, have my meal, where you get the little meal, and I dropped a cup, which fell on the meal, dropping my knife. But as I dropped the knife, it sort of went under the little uh, sky waiter's 
thing. <clears throat> and my neighbour across the aisle also dropped their knife. So I then couldn't pick up the knife because it looked like I was stealing their knife. And as I reached down to pick up my knife, I stood up and headbutted said Sky, uh, Sky Waiter's bottom. And we then progressed to go to the toilet at one point and I really needed to blow my nose. So I blew my nose and I dropped the napkin, which I thought was not nice. So it was just to the side of the toilet. I went to pick it up and put it in the toilet, but this toilet was so small that my shoulder got lodged under the little make yourself up handle. I got stuck between the toilet and the handle and I could not move. I'm not joking when I say I literally could not move until I managed to play around with the door behind me, basically fell out and knocked another sky waiter over. <clears throat> so that experience in itself was tricky. And then Lindsay said to our lovely neighbour next to her, who was a, 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 a Rwandan gentleman who was heading to Belgium to see his kids, who he hadn't seen in some time, which I love the little story. Um, There's that high-pitched voice again. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. Uh, he uh, was told by Lindsay, oh, don't worry about him, he's just a bit of an idiot, everything always seems to go wrong, to which he said, it seems that way. <laughs> um, so that was the flight, which was fun. We then got in Doha, we really didn't have long in Doha. We we ran off of the plane, went down six stairs, walked about three feet and jumped in a bus, and I genuinely think <laughs> I was medium rare. The heat <laughs> was painful. I described it as I thought my own skin was shriveling and crawling back <laughs> up in itself because it's such an And this this was at like two in the morning. It was it was shocking. It just it was wasn't a pleasant experience. It was not nice. It actually does probably remind me of a quick thing that we didn't mention going from uh, Kigali to Doha. When we got there, we actually realised, no, was it? No. Yes, Kigali to Doha. Um, we got there and there was this stupid woman in front of us that took ages unpacking her bag and packing it again. Oh, we were genuinely almost late. And then we got to the final departure lounge and it was delayed by an hour and a half. And we only had an hour and 45 minutes in Doha. So we sort of were like, oh, well, that's us. And um, the guys from Finland had uh, an issue where they had to wait in Doha for 24 hours. Uh, three from America missed their flight in Tanzania, so we were like, oh god, we're going to be another statistic. But it then randomly just got undelayed, and uh, we got on, and that was fine. Um, and there wasn't any issues <clears throat> until Edinburgh. Just a small little thing, and I think Jane and I maybe tempted fate with this when we sat down and we waited on our bags. And Jane's, she refuses to admit this, but it's true. Jane's bag came first every time. No, I'm actually... It actually did come first eventually on the way home true, anyway. True, very true. Um, and I said this and Jane said that's not true. So Jane and I had a really weird game where we wanted our bag not to come first. We didn't realise we meant it wouldn't come that day. So Katie had been really clever and went and got the car. She was giving Jane and I a lift. So she went and got the car to which we had to text Katie saying there's no bags. And because it was me saying that, because apparently I have the inability to be honest, <laughs> uh, Katie point blank didn't believe us and I was like no no Katie honestly we need your details 
could you answer this? Still didn't want to answer it. Um, and then we eventually managed to put our details in. I obviously cared more about Katie's because I put mine in wrong or didn't put my address or something. So there was maybe about a week where we didn't have our bags and there was maybe about two weeks where I didn't have my bags. <laughs> um, so it was an absolute life-changing and perfect and wild trip up until then and then it's all been sorted now. So for those of you that wanted to hear the Tanzania and Rwandan story, this has been by far the longest R2 cast. It is two and three quarter hours at the minute. Um, it, I had a feeling it would be like this. We, four of us in Tanzania and five of us in Rwanda, just felt like a family. Nothing was off limits. I didn't really know. Not like that, speech-wise, Jane, don't look like that. God, Wallace. Yeah, I didn't really help myself there. Anyway, you know what I mean? We just got to know each other really well. It's an absolute pleasure. I was really looking forward to doing this. I didn't think we'd have spoke for as long as we have, but I really hope you've enjoyed it. I normally do this, where do you see yourself in five years stuff? We don't need to get into that nonsense. Um, I think the story itself has sold it. I hope you've enjoyed listening, guys. I hope you've enjoyed telling the story again. <clears throat> 100%. <Yeah>. Good <laughs> nice luck to, to anyone who is going to travel with Wallace anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. That is, but make sure you take a spare set of headphones so if his don't work he has some noise cancelling <laughs> <laughs> Craig there's a shout out for you because obviously I will be travelling to America with you yep. next month so enjoy that oh god um, that guy <laughs> <laughs> he chose this life he chose this life um, you should listen so... to this podcast before you go <laughs> uh, thank you all for your time it's taken much longer than intended but I've enjoyed every minute we've had smiles we've had laughs we've had pretty somber silences as well we really have covered every feeling emotion experience we went through in those couple of weeks in africa and i would absolutely love to do it again for those of you listening i really hope because i know a lot of you have asked if i can do this uh, and we, i'm glad we've been able to i hope you've enjoyed it i hope you enjoyed following it as it happened um, if you do want to go and see any of it i think as some of us did um, like Instagram highlights, I know mine did in our Rural to Kitchen. Lindsay, you did one as well. Jane, yeah. did you do one? Paul, Katie, everyone. So go check it out. Um, I will put the Instagram names in the description if I remember. And yeah, just as always, the last episode was with Isla Suter, and I'm not going to go into any depth in the next episodes with Ben the man behind Dal's Gone Farm. Thank you all very much for listening, as always, and we'll see you for the next episode, which is R2Cast number 135. See you later. I hope you've enjoyed another excellent episode of the R2Cast. I just want to take this moment to quickly thank our primary sponsors once more, A-Plan Rural. If you follow A-Plan on social media, you'll see the work they're doing to really promote British farming and back our industry. It's been a pleasure working alongside A-Plan Rural so far and long may it continue. The values of A-Plan Rural runs perfectly in line with the whole mantra of Rural to Kitchen and I'm glad to have them on board. Check them out on Instagram at A-Plan Rural and on Facebook at A-Plan Rural Insurance. See you for the next podcast.